When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The following show is just horrifying. Beware. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome back to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by Bloody FM, the number one horror podcast network out there. I'm your host, Michael Monroeville Mall Rothman, and today we're heading back out to Nebraska to discuss the Children of the Corn. Now, to clarify, we're not talking about Fritz, Fritz Kirsch's, I knew I was going to fuck his name up, 1984 adaptation great of the same name that stars Linda Hamilton and the hunky bicyclist from Singles. And we're also not going to be talking about Donald P. Borchers, 2009 slasher bearing the same name and starring the great David Anders and Preston Bailey. Instead, this one comes from the mind of writer and director Kurt Wimmer, who has reimagined, to say the least, the night shift story to bring some new corn to the table. And I want to read the synopsis for you. A psychopathic 12-year-old girl in a small town in Nebraska recruits all the other children and goes on a bloody rampage, killing the corrupt adults and anyone else who opposes her. A bright high schooler who won't go along with the plan is the town's only hope of survival. So, look, clearly not your grandpappy's corn. No siree. So, for those keeping count, this marks the third film to bear the sole children of the corn name. And yet, it's also the 11th entry in what has become the longest and most expansive franchise in King's Dominion, if you could believe it or not. Sorry, The Shining's only got two. <laughs> two entries. Uh, Salem's, got, got, Salem's, Salem's Lot has two. And corn? Well, three if you uh, count the miniseries. That is true, but I I think that's more of a remake. So we I guess I guess they all count in the, in the sense if you because this is a I guess the 2009 one you count as a remake. Anyway, Corn is the longest, and it's winning. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and we're going to be talking all about that this film, and we're also going to be talking about the franchise as we always do whenever Corn is brought to the table. But before we huck and shock anything, I've got to introduce the children of the club from Chicago but born in Michigan, not too far from Rock and Roll Detroit. Rock and Randall, tell us your favorite corn product and if you've ever seen every corn entry in the Children of the Corn franchise. Hey, it's Rock and Randall Fieldy Colburn. Um, corn anybody get field? the reference? Fieldy, yeah. Yeah, Come from on. Uh, from the, Come on. the band corn. 
Yeah. Yeah, the from the hit band Corn. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was my nod to Corn uh, with a K. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Rock and Randall here. Happy to be here. Yeah, I was gonna go with Head, but that seemed vaguer. Like I feel like there's a lot of people called Head. Mm. Like people might think I'm referencing like So I Married an Axe Murderer true. or something. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay. Uh, questions. You said I want to know favorite your favorite product. product, and not and you can't include the band because you already did. So you did the joke for the band. Now you got to go with something else. I want. Ta- I'm talking like real. Well, the band is not a product, Mike. The band is art. Yeah, it's it, it, it is a product also. You know. Um. Okay. Favorite corn product has got to be uh, Doritos. That counts. Um, they're delicious. I, I only eat them when I'm at my parents' house. Only at your and parents' it's house? it's a little treat. Yeah, it's a little treat I give myself. Um, and then f- have a, how many corns have I seen? I've actually only seen, I think, three corns, four including this. So, uh, wow. yeah, I've seen the first three corns. Didn't make it past that, but um, I know some of you have more corn experience than me. So. I've got a lot of corn experience. Excited to hear about it. Um, so you're four corns, uh, and seven years ago when we started this podcast, so that's that's good. Um, <laughs> try to keep it a little, uh, you know, a little punny here because we want to keep it punny. Love it. Um, what was your favorite though? Do you remember what? Do if you have a favorite so far? Uh, the second one probably. Yeah. I I love the the very memeable moment when the grandma in the wheelchair is thrown through a great window. scene it's, it's it's one of my favorite moments in king cinematic history and so yeah we have a very good lobstrosities episode we got great lobstrosities episode about all these coins. we do and we've actually covered uh, a great majority of them i would say we've we, well we've covered the first one which is actually waiting for a long watch because uh, if you recall in our night shift coverage we have a, a separate a separate episode specifically about the adaptations and uh, i think we talk about the first children of corn for about three minutes and then well it is certainly a long watch i'll say it is a long watch indeed and one that we also did as a commentary which you can get in the patreon um the barons www.patreon.com slash the barons and then we got i think lobstrosities in terms of those we have corn two corn three urban sacrifice and then corn four which we did last year and i believe that's called the gathering so um, we, we might, you might, you might consider us mini scholars or budding scholars of, uh, the corn franchise. And I know one man who has been with me at my side, um, the Isaac to my Jacob, or perhaps that's vice versa. Uh, well, actually let's call him Jacob because that certainly goes with his first name. If we're talking about alliteration also from Chicago, quite possibly he who walks the tallest among us, uh, Justin, tell us how you prefer to eat corn and if you've seen every corn film to date, even though I know the answer to the latter, but go for it. Hey, this is Justin. Um, uh, I was going to call myself Jacob Gerber. Well, that's good. This episode I threw I call myself. Out. Yeah, you set it up for me. I'm going to call myself Justin Jaden McGainley Gerber. Oh, my of course, God. who played Cecil Williams in this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic, classic performance. Great Cecil. I, Mike, I've seen the first four Children of the Corn entries, and now with this one, I've seen roughly 42% We're of there. the Children of the Corn films. Yeah. And I feel like one day I will see like a good Children of the Corn movie. I feel like it's going to happen before I'm dead. Well, we've we've been pretty favorable, at least to the sequels, in the sense that it's better than the one that came before it. I don't know if that's glowing review, but, uh, mm, yeah. you know, it's it's something. But uh, in terms of your favorite corn, are you similar to Randall that you like Doritos? Um, big Doritos fan, big Orville Redenbacher oh. popcorn fan wow. as well. Fun stuff. Big supporter of that, like a little bit of butter on there. Yeah. I like hanging out at the corner sometimes. 
talking with friends, right? Mm-hmm. Driving my bike by and other, you know, analogies and, and, and puns with corn. Are you like, when you hang out on the corner, are you kind of like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the kids from a Bronx tale, you know, they're like all, all little bad boys and stuff. And, you know, like you, you guys want to be like your dads and be a gangsters and stuff, but you know, you guys, well, I, reckon if I don't want to be like my dad, but I do want to be like Chaz Palminteri, who of course plays a character in the film, a Bronx <laughs> oh, tale. Yeah, yeah. Ironically <laughs> enough, he's a, Have like a little one man, one man show. Yeah. Yeah. He was on, um, uh, law and order SVU recently. As a matter of fact, so mm. yeah. Well, that's doing exciting. Great. That's very exciting. Another um, long-running franchise. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> Jesus. I, I wonder if there. Are, no, there are definitely more Law and Orders than Corn. Give me a break, Mike. Oh God, there are um, more seasons. Oh Lord, they go on forever. Uh, well, you just heard her finally from Nashville, Jen. Tell us if Corn is the best side for a hot plate of hot chicken, and whether or not you've <laughs> seen every Corn entry in the highly coveted children of the corn franchise i've seen on twitter that you've been saying that you've been trying to watch all of them were you able to get that done before this recording i have two and a half oh hey this is jen um the red queen slash she who walks behind the rose slash corn puns um adams these are all good all good stuff i just couldn't pick just one um and yes corn is i think the best side dish it is so good it's sweet but it's also like a vegetable, I think, technically is a vegetable. Also, yeah. mm-hmm. the best corn product is cornbread. And Love if you are making cornbread, here's a tip. Put a can of creamed corn in the batter. It's so good. Then put, like, mm. coconut and mm. honey on top. Oh, it's so good. You're, you're, Made the best you're, you're throwing all these that. ingredients at me, and I'm going to absolutely okay. fuck this up. Because, you know, yeah. baking is just – it's a little different than cooking for me. So, I, you know, you got to be down to a science. you got to be, like, Walter White about it. So you got to get the 50 cent box and okay. a can of cream corn. And okay. You're good. All That's right. That's all you need. We're going to get the recipe um, and we'll put it up on our socials and all. And then yeah. you know, we'll see if anyone makes it uh, when they watch Children of the Corn 2023. So, um, well, speaking of making it, I've got two and a half more corn movies to watch. Oh, wow. Um, it's been a it's been a long week. Um, there are a lot of bad ones. There. So, wait, just, so you've seen the first eight. I've seen the first eight. Good God. Yes, I am on Children of the Corn runaway oh. right now mm. and i fell asleep halfway through i tried to watch children of the corn 2009 it is not available anywhere like i couldn't i was gonna say i saw somebody post about There's it. yeah a, uh, yeah that the it's spanish like, language you have to have like cut a... is on yeah. youtube oh so if you know spanish sitting there right there for spanish, you on youtube okay but well. i mean maybe i mean i probably, you could probably could watch it, it out, figure it you out know? corn <laughs> yeah. kids killing you know yeah. I know Caffrey's seen it because he always talks about the ending where the little girl goes, Scarecrow. I, I know I found it, but the girl says it in Spanish. It's in the, whatever the word is, mm. Scarecrow in Spanish. Wait, do they do they call it Corn Runaway because they have the real McCoy in it? Like, do they have like the, the, the song in there oh, from God. 1995? You know, well, Mike, like, corn, my, my corn, joke. Corn, 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 runaway. It's like, run yeah. away. My joke was going to be yeah. an, an early plug. I was going to say, you know, surely Corn Runaway, you know, Runaway, the movie Runaway. Was uh, written and directed by Michael Crichton. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's true. Uh, it's, uh, the subject of the Crichton cast, which is returning in the month month of March with an episode about Sphere. which it's won't be true. the f- last time we talk about it on this podcast. I'll just say that on this very it's podcast true. I'm it's talking true. about. So, um, all right, well, Jen, you're certainly ahead of the game um, when it comes to watching all the corns. Um, yeah, are you doing an article about something or are you just doing it for, <laughs> yeah, you know? okay. I'm writing the, the most bananas things that happen in the corn franchise and there are steep competition because this franchise is nuts and makes no sense. Does so. this entry that we're going to be talking about today, again, the third 
<laughs> eponymous uh, <laughs> corn film. Not since Halloween. It, not since Halloween, <laughs> you know. Uh, actually, now it's tied with Halloween is having yeah. the, the, the same um, titles over and over again in the franchise. Really Exciting. fun. Um, so does this have any <laughs> moments in this movie that's going to make the list, you think, or at least uh, in the running? I Yeah, I think that there are a couple that I think are going to make the list. Yeah, and I, this one is by far better than a lot of the later corns. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's some of them are Yikes. like if you think some of the Hellraiser sequels are bad, then watch some of the corns. And you want you uh, you Ooh. sat through all of those. I watched you were in your all own the Hellraiser sequels hell too. Fall. I know. Yeah. Well, as I said earlier in my spiel, which was scripted by the way, if you couldn't tell from my monotonous talking, and then which went into conversational talking, that's called uh, <laughs> scripting. Um, well, it, this is the eleventh <laughs> installment of the corn franchise. Twelfth though. If you count um, the horror video anthology entry from 1983, uh, there's a short film called Disciples of the Crow. Um, it's from 1983, was, which means it was a year before the uh, the Fritz Spiel, or whatever his name is that I fucked up earlier. His Fritz original, Spiel. Yeah, Fritz Spiel. What's his, what's his, uh, what's his name? Oh, Fritz Kirsch. His name is Fritz Kirsch. Fritz Kirsch. Fritz Kirsch. Okay. Uh, why wasn't it Irvin Kirchner? That would have been cool. Good follow-up to, uh, you know, yeah. probably Empire. Okay, so, yeah, so I'm not counting that. I don't think that counts. It's a short film. We're not talking about short films here. We're talking about feature-length films. And look, that is kind of the, you know, that's the, I guess, the the dare <laughs> that all these filmmakers take is, how do you take this short story <laughs> from Night Shift, which you could probably finish between, you know, walking three blocks. It's very short, you know. How do you take that and make, an eighth entry into this franchise or a ninth and a 10th and 11th. And they all have to be at least 80 to 90 minutes. And look, there's been multiple filmmakers that have been able to do it. Kurt Wimmer is just the latest one to do it. My question to all of you, before we get into the, 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 the meat, or should I say what I'm trying to think, the cornmeal of uh, this movie. Ah, Nice. Why is this keep happening? (laughs) Like how is, how is this short story warranted so many movies? Like, and, and like, what do you even expect at this point from these corn movies? Jen, you've watched pretty much all of them now at this point. Are your expectations like, you know, below the fucking surface, you know, going into the next entry, or do you actually kind of have some sort of gauge in your head? Like, "Mm, you know, not, not, not up to my standards at this point. What, what what is it? What do you? Oh no! Expect? It helps if your if your bar is in the dirt, then you're gonna be good with this franchise. Like I just want to see some kids killing people in corn. Yeah. And if so you give y- me that, I'm good. So your expectations hmm. are six feet under, like the adults in this movie, for the most part. Yes. Okay. Okay. Brando, <laughs> uh, what about you? Are you you know you've you've uh, you've seen an old woman in a wheelchair being thrown out of a building <laughs> in corn too? The good old days. No, she's thrown so into, into the building. Oh, thrown building. into the building. Okay, so I stand corrected. Yeah. Um, hashtag Vampire Weekend. No, um, I, I think the reason, I think the appeal of this franchise is it's kids killing adults, mm-hmm. which, like, that's sort of baked into the premise. And I think that's maybe what, like, the one thread that and, you know, a rural setting, aside from urban sacrifice, of course, uh, is the the thread through which... Uh, these things all carry. So I think there is an appeal in the the taboo idea of a child murdering the adults. And I think that there is something irresistible about that for young people. I do know this, like, I didn't see Corn 1, the Fritz one, until I was in my 20s. And I really didn't like it. I thought it was very dull yeah, and uh, not particularly interesting. And, but my niece saw it and when she was really young, like maybe 12 or 13, 
And she loved it. And I do think that maybe for if you see it at the right age, if it's, you know, you're young, you're just getting into horror. I do think that that premise, that idea of like the kids killing the adults is um, and sort of running amok in this town. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they have this whole town to themselves because they've killed all the adults. I do think that that is a compelling premise for young audiences. So and I think these movies probably I mean, just based on anecdotal evidence, I imagine that maybe they are very popular with younger audiences. I mean, these were the kind of movies that you used to get like straight to video in the Mm -hmm. blockbuster. Right. Like that's how I watched uh, a couple oh, yeah. of those early ones. And um, and I think this movie is kind of true to that spirit where it's not trying to be totally. some kind of elevated horror movie. It's very much to me feels like, an, uh, you know, there's only one or two copies of it at the video store. And uh, you snagged one on a Friday night because everything else was gone. And, you know, it ended up being perfectly enjoyable, uh, occasionally bloody piece of garbage. And so and I say that lovingly. It's um mm. So it's, you know, I think that's kind of how I approach this. But I do think that I think that that's the premise that appeals to, I think, audiences or or producers, you know. I'm going to get back to the elevated notion that you just mentioned, Randall, because I I got a question I'm going to pull from what you texted me last night, which uh, wouldn't you know it? (laughs) <laughs> the losers after dark we're talking still about stephen king and uh we were texting about uh children of the corn at one in the morning so we talk congratulations about kurt often you, you, you got it you got us into the discourse but uh justin what is it that what do you why do you think this franchise is so goddamn enduring and i can't believe i'm using franchise to describe the children of the corn well movies, mike but. that's the thing right is that even though it's technically a franchise this is the only horror franchise i can think of that you can just pick up and watch the seventh entry and never have to watch another movie. Yeah. There's absolutely no connective tissue between any of the movies. I guess the second, I thought Isaac was in a couple of them. Yeah, but there's some crossover occasionally. Isaac's in the sixth one, but I mean, he has nothing to do with the fifth, fourth, third or second one. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Uh, But his shadow falls across them. Oh yeah. You can't forget. We were always waiting for him to come back in 96 at first Mm. run video. Well, we're going to get some A-listers to come back for, you know, the 12th corn. We'll get like Charlize Theron. We'll get Naomi Watts. Oh, um, yeah, she'll reprise we'll her We'll talk about who we, who do we think the A-listers in this movie that's going okay. to show up in the, at the Academy Awards in a couple of years. That's what we're, I'm looking forward to talking about. Yeah, but no, yeah. I think uh, it's endured because every single movie is essentially a soft uh, remake. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it's not trying to continue on. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, kids kill adults. Just, that's what's going on. Yeah, in the, the corn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Jen, what yeah, you, and what? it's like the title itself, I think, just carries a lot of weight and like mm-hmm. rentability because Children of the Corn, like you, you know exactly what you're getting. And I mean, just put like a sickle on the cover and you're good. Like there's there's like an element of like Wicker Man or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, it's not nearly as good as either of those movies, but like there's that feeling of like paganism or like getting lost in the wilderness of yes. nothingness, you know, that I think is really appealing also. Yeah, I think that's the big point of like that's in addition to the, the the kids killing adults is that it's the the breakdown element of it all. Like now, granted, that's yeah. not really the case in this one. You know, I think out of all the mm-hmm. entries, this is I think the first one is obviously that that's a big part of it because that's what the short story is. Is you know you've broken down in this weird fucking town where the kids are a bunch of assholes. Um, but <laughs> I think I think you know it's but, funny. I I have in my notes that the little girl I just wrote. Wow, this girl's just a real bitch, huh? Yeah, she's kind of a jerk. Um, but hold that thought. Oh, see, I, I wrote, we, I love her. I want to be her. Oh yeah, my I, god, that's a problem here. I um, think that there are some things to talk about in terms of the roles that the adults play in this movie versus mm-hmm. 
the roles the adults play in the earlier entries though yes we'll save that for the heroes and villains point because i think that's a good point to to bring up because uh let's just say we have uh you know team adults and team kids maybe perhaps here maybe not even team adults but team not that girl so because she's uh maybe the other one that looks like ellie sattler i'm just in Um, the stands watching the two teams that's true yeah Yeah. it's like there's there's three teams yeah Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. The good kids. Because there's like the, the teens. teens. Well, they're yeah. still like well, the they, coll- about to go to colleges. Then there's the kids. Then there's yeah, they, the they, adults. Yeah. They turn. They turn absolutely useless. They. 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 Oh yeah. Know, can't come up with a plan and do anything. Uh, Randall, you were gonna say. I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Can somebody? You read the synopsis earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I gotta be honest, Mike. It's it's not the best synopsis. I I I'm an adult man, and I didn't fully know what was happening. Mm. through much of this movie the can somebody break it down specifically yeah very confusing I, like, got I think some i got the hang it of it i got the hang of it halfway through but can somebody explain like the like just break down the plot for me jen i, I got go two sentences it. or just okay because okay. okay. i actually wrote this down because randall no joke i was also trying to keep track of what was going on <laughs> i was yeah, watching yeah. like michael clayton okay so <laughs> so like a big like we'll call it big corn like a big corn company came to town mm-hmm. with promises mm-hmm. and the chemicals that were being used to grow the corn ended up actually killing the corn. Yep. And so then, I mean, this gets really in depth. I was kind of surprised at first and impressed for a little There's bit. There's some real economics. Uh, so then the town, cool. there really is. I was yeah. kind of, oh, this is actually it's like going a West Wing episode, you know? It, yeah. it really was. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Tony um, Gilroy. So then they were offered, <laughs> they were proposed to accept subsidies from the government, mm-hmm. which is always a smart thing to do. And, but to do that, they would no longer grow corn. Yeah. So that was the catch that they were going to basically destroy all the corn and which would be great for the short term because they would get paid money. A lot of people were planning on leaving, but ultimately once you use up all that money and and your, and your city's known for the corn, what are you going to do now? Well, that's what I think is a good commentary and some stuff that's going on. It is, Terry. you know, to ask uh, Michigan man himself, uh, Randall, um, we know yeah. that, you know, an automotive, the, the, the automotive in- industry or the automotive industry was taken out of Detroit. Not too great for that city, right? They, they, they kind of struggled no. a little bit until RoboCop came around. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this oh, yeah. is, uh, RoboCop you know, helped. You, yeah. you might say this is the Roger and me of, uh, <laughs> the children of the court franchise would you say that justin or no malachi and me <laughs> yeah it's also the footloose of it too yes. because like the yeah. kids just want to dance in the corn and like mr john lithgow dad does not want them to dance like he wants to be a buzzkill yeah know? yeah so i appreciate the explanation of the the economic and um you know <laughs> issues of this but i might i might be able to help move, out any other questions the movie begins with a kid coming out of the corn, okay. yeah, killing, uh, yes. killing a guy. Hold on, I have to. I, I want to just break this down. Really we gotta quick. unpack it. <laughs> yeah. And then he kills a, a a guy, goes into a building, and then you hear a lot of people like being killed, presumably. And then mm-hmm. very abruptly, uh, the adults mm-hmm. are pumping some kind of gas into like an orphanage or something, and then the kids are all laying there, I think dead. Like this, these were all these kids. And then the movie kind of gets into the big corn aspect. And yeah. I felt a little bit adrift when it comes to the multiple scenes of mass murder that kicked off the movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe that that's the same location. Or maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I think the kid went into the, the backyard area into that orphanage and killed all the parents or the not the parents, but the supervisors yeah. of the children. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I feel like they were probably filmed at different locations, if we're being honest. 
And then when the cops showed up through the front entrance, they were pumping in gas that they were planning on just knocking out everybody. But it accidentally ended much. up killing everybody. Yeah, yeah. Which set up how the adults seemed very sociopathic about the whole thing. They were they were almost making jokes about it. Yeah. Oopsie. Like the, the sheriff, or I guess was no longer going to be sheriff, was saying how right. well, at least we could the kid caused a distraction or I, but no joke, Randall, I, that still confused me very mm -hmm. much. Well, why did the kid really come out of the corn? Well, let, let's, the just, let's just wait here. Okay. Was okay. he possessed? <laughs> this is, this is like, you guys are like, you know, studying before we get to the library, you know, it's like, oh, like sitting here <laughs> doing your fucking, I'm trying, to, I'm trying yeah. to understand basic plot details. Well, yeah. why I don't my we, library card? Well, good go thing that you mentioned that because work. let's go to the dairy public library and figure all this fucking shit out. Mike Allen, if you see, excuse me, do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do? Well, you better let the poor guy out. Yeah, Mike Hanlon. Did I have to go? Did I have to get cleaned up? Tell him. Tell him. Tell him I'll see him tonight. Get out. Last chance, don't you? Get out. Get out. All right. Jesus Christ. Here in the Dairy Public <laughs> Library, we're going to take all the research and notes and little index cards that we've already scribbled out in the quad, and we're going to try to figure out what, what the hell is going on here. So before we get into the production, before we get into Kurt Wimmer, let's figure out the story. So you're right. It does feel like there are disparate qualities here. The opening sort of feels um, uh, adjacent to everything else that happens, although there is connective tissue. Yeah. I, I took it as there was a possession element here and that maybe perhaps the boy was possessed by he who walks, who we'll talk about later, and then it passed on to the girl um, eventually who becomes the leader, you know, or the de facto leader of sort of sorts. Am I wrong in thinking that and possibly- could no, I think that, that's, that, that it's even possible at that point she was also playing around in the corn and, and encountering he who walks, but- he also was, and he just went ahead and made that move before the other kids did. You know okay. what I mean? I don't know if it's necessarily a passing on anything. I feel like they were all kind of becoming involved already. Yeah. But the corn contains multitudes. Like it, does. it can you know, possess a lot of kids. You know? We've always and said that. And kids are little too. I, I kind of got the impression that the orphanage was bad news in some way. Like they were, I don't know if abusing the kids or whatever. Because well, they he very says much that, implied the pastor did that. Yeah, the Mad yeah, Max yeah. guy. Yeah, like, what was that about? I don't want Fantastic. you to cry anymore. Yeah. He was a bad boy. He's yeah. a bad yeah. boy. I mean, I think all of these parents, except for the one that we get to know, are pretty much bad. You yeah. Know? So adults bad. Ultimately, it boils down to, as you mentioned earlier, Randall, kids killing adults. <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> you can talk <laughs> right, about the economics right, yeah. at all. It's gonna get back to that. But here's my question, and I and I've wondered this from day one with with the original corn, the great eighty-four corn. And even the short story. What's the end game here? Like, what are what are they ultimately trying to do? Are they trying to create a new society? Are they going to just live in the corn? Is the corn supposed to possess some sort of uh, powers? Now we know, based on you know the, the the implications that are that are put out there with through King's Dominion, that he who walks is uh, supposed to be Randall Flag, right? I mean, we talked about that on the night shift uh, night shift story. So I imagine this is some you know when you're thinking about the larger implications of the story. Um, as it relates to the stuff in King's Dominion, uh, it's Randall Flagg just being a jokester or a trickster, right? But when you think about the actual core story of it all, like, you know, the kids, even going back to the original one, like, what is what do they plan on doing? Like, what, what, what do you really ultimately want to do here? 
Like, I just don't really know. I mean, they're going to grow up to be adults anyway. I, so I what, think it's just, themselves? no, that's the thing. Remember they reach a certain age yeah. and they go In walk the into story, the story. Yeah. 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 yeah nice. So okay. I think that it's just a real conservative, real Bible belty, um, what, like 15th century way of life. That's okay. extremely religious right down to the very, I mean, they, they talk about some of those, what, what they do in the, in the short story and the original movie. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't think, I think the end game is just that that's just going to be the town. Whoever comes to town, you better keep driving. Or you're going to be taken out to the corn and sacrificed. I think the kids just want to play with their toys in peace and the parents <laughs> wouldn't let them. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, and kill everybody that's and and kill them. the yeah. adults. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they have a necessarily like an end game. Although I think yeah. Bo implies some kind of larger plan but I was never clear about what her plan for the corn was, except yeah. for some kind of biology thing. So basically, well, they were like feeding feeding people to the corn monster, uh, the he who walks. He like, walks. Yeah. So I guess they were all just in service to that god, and so I guess that's the end game is you know uh, to feed pleasing God. Yeah, to yeah. Feed. I mean, in They're that case, yep. They're just okay. going to get really long trench coats and they're going to get on each other's shoulders. And whenever like the corn buyers come to town, they'll just load up the wagons. Like, I feel like Eden, she's got her shit together. I feel like she could run that town. You, know? right. you love this she girl was. way too much. And it's just, a, <laughs> she was running she, She's a problem. I promise that I will not kill any of you on this uh, thing, but I do like Eden. <laughs> well, you're going to freak out because look, karma's going to come back. And then all of a sudden your kid's going to come up like a, like a red wig tomorrow. That's and true. Like, oh my I know. God. We got to talk about the wig. You know? Well, we're not we there will. yet, but man. Um, you know where we are, though? We're in the beginning. Because now that we've sorted out that it ultimately just boils down to an excuse to have kids be creepy and kill adults. Yep. Let's, let's be real. That's what it really boils down to. I do like the idea that they, this is just a, a perpetual cycle to um, fulfill the deity above. Because, uh, I mean, God, say what you will, um, we, we should fear him, right? I mean, he's all-encompassing. He's all-powerful. Um, I don't need to get into the religious aspects of it all, but I assume that most gods would want the cycle that is here and in, in, in those to either, you know, serve him, to pray him, et cetera, et cetera, feed adults to him and children, who knows? But I think we've moved on. We got the lay of the land. Let's talk about the production. Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. So we've been talking about this movie, I feel like, since the beginning of this podcast. Now, I, Randall, like we've joked about this on multiple needful tweets uh, episodes on in your newsletter. You've, you know, you've joked about this forever. But the thing is, is that I, I feel like this was announced i thought this was announced in like 2017 but i guess this comes it, it was it popped up in like 2020 
that it was there was going to be announced to be this remake of Children of the Corn. Um, and producer Lucas Foster, he, labor, he elaborated that it was going to be a new adaptation to King's story uh, with, quote, almost nothing to do with it. I, I could have sworn it was, we'd heard about this before 2020. Am I wrong, Randall? Like, wasn't this like... Oh, I... I for as long as I can remember, there was corn. Yeah, right? Like, there was going to be this new one. And then I thought that we were actually referencing the 2009 one, but no, it turned out to be this. So, anyway. Well, well there was a 2018 one, though, that came out. Yeah. That John, Kul- that John Gulliger did. Mm-hmm. Ah, the guy did the Feast and Feast one. 2. Yeah, the runaway one. Okay. It's got the girl from the newsroom in it who is the friend of Snooze the room. girl. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tough, tough bake. <laughs> did uh, did Aaron Sorkin write that uh, Children of the Corn Runaway? Uh, he I didn't, wish. but the great, the great <laughs> God, I'd love a Sorkin corn. was in the movie. You know, they you walk and talk through the corn. You know, it's like you know, I, I just can't handle this Eden. She's you know, she has no idea what she's doing. She's just, she's just, uh, she's an infant, like you know, and just like you know, moves around, but. What are you? What are you gonna say? There's Jen? an episode of The West Wing where they get stuck in uh, like Iowa or something, and they encounter some mean teens. Oh my god! And we some have to... people die, but it's none of the cast. Yeah, it's oh, called wow. King Corn. Oh wow! It's and then episode. they have the you know Rob Lowe's in there, and it's just like I've been in this world before. Um, and then Mother exactly. Abigail pops up. Um, just takes anyway. the shirt I off. I can yeah. talk. I can talk. <laughs> Fun movie. I can stalk. Hey, by the way, the Stan has a has a king connection to uh, to Children (laughs) of the Corn. Anyway, we're getting lost track. We're losing track again. Uh, So, principles (laughs) of photography. It began in New South Wales in early March 2020. Wait a minute, Mike. Hold on. Yeah, this thing was shot in South Wales. Yeah, in New South Wales. I could have sworn it was shot in Nebraska. No, it was. You know, look, it was shot in the east coast in the east coast of Australia. Um, Wow. Yeah. How about that? Could you believe it? Um, and it was Can't shot believe it. at the beginning of the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic, and then it wrapped Perfect. that June. I don't know. I know you joke, but I actually think that this does look a little bit more middle America than most of the movies shot. I wouldn't have seen. guessed it was set in... I don't know, man. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, this is the category. I felt like everybody was really straining to get that country slash Midwestern accent down. I agree I mean, with was, that. I, I could tell right away that it's oh, yeah, shot like a New are... Zealand or something like that. But yeah. But, but I it just looks think that, good. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about like the aesthetics? Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I, there are a lot of these movies where it looks like like they grew like five rows of corn on the back lot and just shipped it in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like this at least looks like it's filmed outside, like this is an actual barn, you know, there's not like buildings on the side that they're just hiding, you know? So I thought I thought it looked pretty good. I thought it looked more it, realistic than say last year's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which absolutely looked like you're in where was it Bulgaria or something? Oh like yeah, the Bulgaria yeah. Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, absolutely. Um, I still don't think anyone's <laughs> yeah. been able to top Ty West last year because I I was actually kind of shocked to find out that that was shot. I think in was it East Europe or something like that. They did that during I think oh, wow. also during the pandemic. I think it was shot in either New Zealand or Australia. Yeah, so that makes sense. You know, I, I so I guess yeah. Pearl is the top. Pearls at the top of the list. And then you got Children of the Corn 2023 right after it uh, in terms of <laughs> matching uh, middle America. Uh, but anyway, so they they filmed clearly during the beginning of the pandemic, which, by the way, success. Look, three years later, we're here. Uh, it, we, we did it. You know, it's the third year anniversary um, by the time this comes out. Um, not a fun time to revisit. And uh, I imagine the shoot was not a fun time either because I'm sure they were like, we're going to make this movie and we're going to do some good. And then all of a sudden the world stopped. 
Um, but fortunately for them, this was the end game for all of us, wasn't it? Though it's like well, it was. we're going to get to that day when we'll know everything's good to go once the new Children of the Corn movie comes out. <laughs> well, look, I mean, this and happens in are. Hollywood. I mean, like nine eleven happened so that you know uh, Cameron Crowe could get his shots uh, from Vanilla Sky when you know he wants Tom Cruise to run through the city alone, um, and COVID happened so that Children of the Corn twenty twenty three could happen. So um, these are things. Okay. These are the sacrifices we make for pure cinema. So. But not the final sacrifice, of course. Not the final yes. sacrifice, <laughs> thank Which God. would be Children of the Corn 2. Was that six? Two. Yeah. No, it's two. two because oh, it's, it's two. The, the yeah. final Despite sacrifice. Despite being the final. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The final sacrifice was the woman in the wheelchair getting thrown through the plate. <laughs> That's <button>. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, she Bingo. didn't move into there. I mean, the she get thrown into a diner or something so she could yeah. get a yeah. sandwich? Yeah. Get a sandwich? Okay. In the middle of a bingo game. Yeah. I feel like somebody says bingo and then somebody she goes flying through the Somebody says bingo? It's it's incredible. I would say if I'm being thrown into somewhere- it's either going to be a hospital or a diner. I get up, I brush the, the glass off myself, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, you know, hey, uh, chicken salad and rye, am I right? Um, so <laughs> filming wrapped in 2020. It actually premiered at a film festival in Sarasota, Florida in 2020, oh, um, in October of 2020. Birthplace. Yeah. Your, so Sarasota is your birthplace, right? Okay. Mm -hmm, yeah. Your birthday is when? October 16th? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. How about that? So you could have celebrated... Uh, I believe at that point it would have been your 40th birthday. You could have celebrated in your birthplace and saw Children of the Corn 2023. Would well, that, that have was my plan, Mike. Time. You know that. I wasn't going to go to Vegas or something. I was going to go to Sarasota, Florida, yeah. where I was born. <laughs> yeah. And where Stephen King resides half the year. That's yeah. true. Maybe Strangely he would have popped up also and been like, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what this new corn going to be. Maybe, maybe King and I could have talked before the screening. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you'd be like, how do you feel about all these Children of the Corn movies? Um, okay. So. <laughs> That's pretty much it for production. There's really not much there. Uh, let's talk about Kurt. And I don't mean Cobain. I'm talking Kurt Wimmer. So veteran of uh, the industry for quite some time. He's actually in his late 50s now. Uh, he's from Honolulu. Nice. Pretty good place. Oh, what do you? This guy has got the, the life. I'm he's got the you. life. Yeah. So would you have rather been born in Honolulu as opposed to Sarasota, Justin? You know, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Do you think you'd leave? Uh, I think Honolulu? it would have had a good time in Honolulu. Yes, yeah. I think it would have <laughs> been great. Was Honolulu one of your target uh, destinations for uh, the fourth? Yeah, like I said, it was going to be either Sarasota or Honolulu. Yeah, you're like um, I got to see course, those lost locations. The world shut down, so I had to stay yeah. in Chicago. That's true. That is, that is so, true. Um, well, my fiftieth is just around the corner, and I'll be there in Honolulu and Sarasota. Well, hopefully, <laughs> there's a new corn at that time to really match uh, and make it a oh, big deal. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well. We're keeping in Florida because that's where Kurt went. Despite being born in Honolulu, arguably the most beautiful place in the world, he decided to go to South Florida, which is where I'm from. And I could say, while very pretty, not as good as Honolulu. I'm not sure what he was doing. But anyway, he studied at University of South Florida, and he got a BFA degree in art history, moved to L.A., worked for 12 years as a screenwriter, and then he directed his first film, Equilibrium. Although it's not his first film. He says it's his directorial debut, but his actual debut is his 1995 action film, one Tough Bastard, starring the great Byron Bosworth and Bruce Payne. Um, anyone ever seen One oh, Tough nice. Bastard? I've, I've never seen this. No. no. People no. love Equilibrium, though. Oh, yeah. yeah so, that's, that was a big cult hit. That was yeah. a big yeah. DVD VH or DVD rental. Yeah. So I loved Equilibrium because I was really in the corner for Christian Bale. And I remember, yeah. you know, I had never really seen Newsies and I hadn't seen Emperor of the Sun. So what I knew him from really was... American Psycho because I was a huge Brad Easton Ellis head. I loved the movie and I was like, all right, this guy's going to be huge. And 
it took a while for him to really take off. And I feel like Equilibrium was one of the first like follow-ups to that where you can kind of see his range a little bit being like, oh, wow, this guy's beating the shit out of people like Keanu Reeves. This is a pretty cool deal. I, I remember the movie being like pretty fine. Um, I'm sure if I saw it now, I'd probably be like this. I'd rather watch Dark City. But do you remember? Well, they have it like it's a world where people use swords instead of guns. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this should be fun. Mm-hmm. But I think there's only maybe no. Two I thought it was like fights? I thought it was like uh, oh no, it is they the turn guns. Guns into martial arts. Yeah, they do. Gun yeah. kata. Yeah, yeah. gun kata. Oh, but there's like a big sword fight at the end for some reason. Then I don't remember. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, clearly. Some equilibrium. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. He worked on some big movies though. He worked on he Sphere. He worked on uh, the Thomas Crown Affair. He worked Love on Thomas Crown uh, The Recruit. The Recruit starring uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, so he's he's got a hell of a uh, of a roster. I'm gonna I'm gonna run him down real quick. So the first one you just mentioned, Sphere, Thomas Crown Affair. I know you're gonna be talking about Sphere later on, Randall. Are you big fan? Are you a fan of the movie also? I know you're a fan of the book, but I like the movie. It's uh, it's it's a tough book to adapt. Okay, okay. What about Thomas Crown Affair? I like the remake. I remember enjoying that movie. Uh, yeah, thoroughly. I thought it was very good. Yeah. What about you? Uh, it was the Jen? best James Bond movie that Pierce Brosnan was in, in my opinion. <laughs> oh my I've god. Never seen that. Wow, even over Golden. Jenna only watches corn movies. That's true. I do only watch corn movies. Yes, it's corn or nothing for me. Okay, corn and killer kids. Yeah. Well, what about but Sphere? Have you ever seen Sphere? I think I have <laughs> seen Sphere at some point, like probably when it came out. But I did. Corey and I's first date was to Salt, which he also wrote. Oh, oh okay. that movie! That movie is so bad that we tell no, people our it. first date was to Inception because that was okay. our second date. So. That that is probably a good course correct. So yeah, yeah, look, he's it's an interesting career. So I'm gonna I'm gonna name all his. We've already talked about Thomas Crown and Sphere, which I would probably say are the the top tier of his uh, screenwriting his screenwriting work. Uh, here's what else we got. Just give me a yay or nay if you've, if you've seen it. 2003's The Recruit. Randall, have you seen it? Uh, yay. Oh, you've seen The Recruit? Mm. Yeah. Okay. What do you, it good? Good or bad? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. There you go. Uh, Jen. Banshees of Inner Sheeran was better. Nah. <laughs> Hot take. I would say so. Yeah. Let's see. Martin McDonough or Kurt Wimmer? How about that? Jen, Recruit. Yay, yay or nay? Nay. Nay. Okay. Okay. Think. Fine. Moving on. 2008 Street Kings. Yay or nay? Anyone? Nay. Anyone yay? Nay. No yays. Oh my God. No Street Kings. Okay. What about? Is it about the the street toughs from Seinfeld? <laughs> the Van Patten boys. The Van Buren boys. The Van Buren boys. Yeah. No, the guys who steal the armoire. Oh, oh, oh you have a yeah. Problem? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna hey, be imitating. There's a King connection yeah. there. That one guy isn't he in The Outsider? Yes. Yeah, he's in The Outsider. Yeah. Sure is. Mm-hmm. Great actor. How about that? Oh, good, Great actor. Good actor. Okay, so 2009's Law Abiding Citizen. Yay or nay? Nay. Never heard of oh, it. I've been wanting to see this. It's got a it's got a fan base. It does. It's a Gerard Butler movie. Yeah. Oh, sure is. Yeah. I, I think like it's kind him. of like a get off my lawn movie, mm. but I kind of like those. Well, things. he's a law abiding citizen, you know. That is true. You know, yeah. you gotta you know, you can't you can't trespass. Jen mentioned she'd say she'd seen Salt, and then Alan Smithy the date. <laughs> is she the only one that's seen Salt? I haven't seen it. No, I've never seen Salt. No never okay. saw it. It's dope. I use it on food though. I'm more of a pepper that's guy. That's true. It is good. I mean, um, the salt, the, the iodine is good. The iodine is into <laughs> the sky. I feel it. All right. Um, so um, 2012's Total Recall <laughs> remake. I have seen this. I actually think this is a, oh, he did a that, decent yeah. uh, movie. Like, I, I think it's a decent action uh, remake. Mm. So okay. Because it's a serious film. I haven't seen it. And I love the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but it's, it's, it's a different movie. It's a totally different movie. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's great. Hero? I just haven't seen it. 
Yeah. Well, is there a three boobed woman in it? Uh, I don't recall. So I probably not. I would I would imagine if there was, I probably would have seen it. Uh, um, pass. Next. <laughs> 2015's Point Break. You, you know, can't Mike, I didn't upon, see the Point Break. You can't improve upon perfection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we, we haven't it. seen that. All right. So, uh, and then last, also tied with a uh, spell. Anyone seen Spell? No, but it sounds like something I would like. Okay, so why would you like it? Because it's called spell. Spell can mean many like, things, Jen. Maybe it's a witch. She likes witches. Or, she or loves witches. Like it could also be about a spelling bee. That's true. That's the price, or that's the risk you take when you watch yeah. a movie spell. called Spell. I never know anything about a movie when I watch it except for the title. So. Exactly. Sack <laughs> There's lunch, no way spell to know. Salt. <laughs> yeah. I, all right. So clearly, we have no uh, no agency here to talk about Kurt Wimmer. Um, <laughs> we've I've seen uh, Equilibrium. And I've seen the Total Recall remake, and you've seen Salt, <clears throat> Jen, even you though you don't want us Sphere? to know. I, I think I've seen Sphere. I don't recall it, though. I remember the trailer and being like, hey, it's got the guy Keys from E.T., even though I never remember his name. Um, Peter Coyote? Oh, Peter Coyote. Yeah, yeah, Coyote. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. Mike, you missed um, something. You missed something. He directed right. Ultraviolet. Yeah, we talked a little oh, yeah. bit. So, all right. So, with Ultraviolet, Mila Jovovich. Mm-hmm. Anyone seen this? Oh, that's right. I have not seen no. this, it, which is kind of surprising because I had a huge. God, you brought it up just to say no. You hadn't seen it. <laughs> exactly. Fucking prick. Just. But you know what? Like that was move. coming off of like it was the Resident Evil time for Milo Jovovich, so yeah. it was kind mm-hmm. of a. It was in theaters. I yeah, mean, they were trying to push it, but yeah, uh, I think I thought it was Aeon Flux. It, well, I think a lot of movies try to be Aeon Flux, including Aeon Flux the movie. None <laughs> of them worked. Right. Um, but I, he actually clearly Wimmer didn't like it either because uh, according to IMDb. He retired from directing after uh, Ultra because due to creative differences. So this Children of the Corn, the film that we're talking about today, I know we've been on the Wimmer Wimmer wavelength for the last 10 minutes, but we are talking about (laughs) Children of the Corn still. It's his first movie since Ultraviolet. Having gone through his filmography and also realizing that we're not familiar with any of his works, from what we've seen and from what we know now, uh, how would you characterize Wimmer altogether? Justin, I'm kicking it over to you. Nothing. Oh, we got we well, got a shrug. He, here's the thing. I, I will say this. We talked about it a little bit, but you know, he he not only directed this movie, but he also wrote it. And there yeah. are some big ideas beyond just yeah. these kids are acting creepy and they're going to kill the adults. Agreed. There there is some stuff he's trying to incorporate into this movie. So, you know, I was pretty. I went. I don't know if I was impressed with the first thirty minutes, but I was a little intrigued to see what they what they were where they were going to go. But I wasn't thinking. Oh, you know. Kurt Wimmer's back. It wasn't like, uh, yeah. I was like, what's he going to bring to the Children of the Corn franchise? I didn't really have a really big idea in my head of what he had done before. Like I said, I really just seen Equilibrium and that was, what, 15, 20 years ago? So what I get Longer? from it is, it, oh, yeah, it's like 21. I think it's a 2002 movie. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. About so, yeah, ago, yeah. I, I feel like he's very high concept, though. Because if you look at like all these movies that we have here, they seem to be... I don't know. They they, they kind of have these, they take these staples, so to speak, and they add some sort of post aughts edge to it a little bit. I mean, granted, you look at like Sphere and Thomas Crown Affair; those are so far removed from the works that I just read off from two thousand three to to now. Like, I feel like you could actually put that in a set, like a wall. You remember Walmart when they would have like eight movies in one DVD? Like, I feel like all the movies I listed could mm-hmm. possibly be in one of those DVDs, like, and they would work because they have this sort of I don't know, ultra sleek, high concept minded action movie. But 
I could see that work. I could see that sort of high concept, at least petering its head a little bit into Children of the Corn. Because like you said, Justin, I do think that there, yeah, there are a lot of ideas and a lot of bigger ideas here. And having seen at least four of the Corn movies, I could say that there are certainly bigger ideas than what we usually get, which with that, I guess the exception of Urban Harvest, I didn't really expect that, you know, you're going to have a, a cornfield in the south, the, the south side of Chicago. But hey, who knows? Uh, Randall, you're a Wimmerhead, so I wanted to, you know, throw it out to you, um, especially since you own the, the Recruit on DVD. What would you say about his style um, that really speaks to you? <laughs> I don't know if I have a lot of thoughts about his. I don't think if I have a lot of thoughts about his style. I just think he's had a really interesting career. Like, yeah. I think uh, the very like the diversity of projects he's worked on. Um, and I don't know, he just strikes me as kind of like a Hollywood journeyman who's probably mm-hmm. got a lot of good stories. And, um, I don't know, he's got a cult hit under his belt and he's worked on, I don't know, like I, I, I'd be fascinated to know what it's like to work on those remakes of movies like Total Recall and Point Break, which already have cult fandoms. Um, I don't know. It's like an interesting career. I mean, I think his style of movie is not particularly my bag. But, you know, he's got a vision at least. So I give him that. Well, I think if you look at the 90s stuff, I'm sure a lot of that was just, you know, like a hired gun Mm -hmm. to come in and work on a big project. Because he's not, I think he gets a lot of co-writing credits with other people. But, you know, he probably worked on a draft here or there. Like most movies are made that way. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Because like in Sphere, he only got an adaptation by. It was actually, the screenplay was actually by Stephen Hauser and Paul Atanasio, Atanasio, um, hmm. and I'm I'm looking at Thomas Crown right now, and that's it's also a collaboration there. It's like with Leslie Dixon, yeah. D- Dixon and the Makes story sense. was by Alan Trussman. So, which was obviously because it's based on the 1968 film. What does so, that mean, though? Adaptation by? I'm interested to w- what that means because maybe he did take the first crack at it, and then it became ultimately a different screenplay. They, like, well, adaptation means it if it's yeah. a sequel or if it's. Um, how do they explain this? Like if the Academy Awards was weird because Glass Onion was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, even though it's not based on anything, but it's a sequel to a previously existing movie. So I think oh. it's... Yeah, but it's like on Sphere, though, it's like other guys were credited as writers and he was credited as I the know. adapter. That, that is That's true. Maybe that yeah. was like bridging the between the book or the We're going to have to watch the opening story? credits to figure this out because I've never heard of that before. Just yeah. adapted by <laughs> and written or screen story by. And I, yeah. Well, hey, we'll know soon enough. Constant listeners, you know, while you're sitting there thinking like, God, where are they going to go next? <laughs> I, I hope that you appreciate what we're able to do here, which is that we took a movie that t- that, that was released in 2023. And we've just actually spent 20 minutes of your life talking about movies that came out, you know, in the last 25 years, including a movie that has absolutely nothing to do with uh, anything with corn, Sphere. So uh, and we could probably talk more about Sphere, but I think we should probably save a lot of the Sphere talk for uh when you tackle the book later later on this month and, and what was this the side podcast yeah, we'll right save now? it for Crichton cast Crichton cast yeah there we go so uh pretty yeah. good. good good plug there what do we want to what do we want to say about him you know there are obviously big ideas with this screenplay all of which left us you know kind of confounded at the beginning of this episode in which we all had to debate um the the michael clayton of it all what do we make of his direction clayton though? of the corn yeah clayton of the corn um in terms of his direction <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought there's some uh, some some solid uh, shots in this movie at the very least. I didn't necessarily it didn't necessarily feel like a cheap movie to me. Um, and I yeah. can't say that I, I can't say the same with good. a lot of the. Yeah, I think it does. It looks a lot better than some of the core movies I have seen. I'll say that. 
Um, oh yeah, it's leagues apart from some of the later ones. Like, and I don't know if I necessarily think there's any like high artistry here. Mm-hmm. Like, but it looks good. And I mean, I, I'm Randall. I'm gonna steal your word from Mr. Harrigan's phone. It feels competent. You know, like it it feels like a real movie, which in the Children of the Corn franchise, it puts you at the upper end, you know, and I feel like the problem with this is not the directing and it's not really the ideas. It's that the ideas don't hang together well. You Mm -hmm. know, they're just like you have to make large logical leaps, but it feels like the kind of movie that if it was like on and I was in a hotel and I couldn't figure out how to change the channel or like (laughs) folding laundry or like I was hungover, like I would be into it. You know, I couldn't figure out which is, I think, I think that is kind of key. Mm is that it's not aspiring to be some great movie. Yeah. I think it works in the lineage of Corn. Yes. Which is these uh, direct-to-video kind of uh, cheap thrills kind of horror movies. Mm-hmm. This movie, I almost appreciated it because it wasn't trying to prestigify Corn. It was like, this is a movie yeah. about kids killing adults in gruesome ways there was a little bit of, you know, they a little bit of timely. They work in the big corn kind of aspect, which is cool. I appreciate that little texture to the world. But ultimately, this is various various ways to kill adults. And then, uh, you know, we get a creature. And I guess I was curious. Like, I think the only place where I felt like I could see the seams, obviously, was uh, I think the creature probably was great in theory. But obviously, yeah. the CGI budget wasn't there. I didn't hate it because I love a creature, even if it, the CGI is a little shoddy. But is this the first corn to have a creature? So that's what I was. I, I think that's a good pivot, too, because um, I wanted to. Add, yeah, Jen, you've seen most of them. And I feel like this is yes. the big thing that's bringing to the table is that the he who walks. We're actually having it a physical is, manifestation. Yeah. I feel like the second one does show a big green corn monster at the end. Um, I may have been dozing. There's something I've going seen on that one, like but I don't floating through like red bubbles from like yeah. I yeah. vaguely remember from that second movie. But this and the one first is movie, there's the some weird one. CGI. Is it just light though? It is light, and it's the hill of dirt that is like the big gopher kind mm. of yeah, thing, that's right. you know. So really yeah, this see. is the first time we are actually seeing who walks as an actual character in the movie. And Randall, I agree with you. Like I, that's the only part that I was really like, oh, that doesn't look great. But when you just see like like a just a piece it mm-hmm. didn't look bad and i was like oh this is kind of cool and then when we see his whole face i was like oh this yeah. is transformers corn style you know i yeah. I, th- I agree i think that the, the initial times you see him in the barn specifically mm-hmm. it's kind of it's dark first yeah. of all you uh-huh. can't really see him that well you're either just seeing his arms or just seeing his legs and then briefly when he's dragging that news reporter away i thought mm-hmm. oh this is kind of restrained yeah yeah but then yeah. they went too far and and yeah. that close up of it, it went in too the far. corn, I was like, "Come on, what is this thing?" Well, you know, you could crack this up to the overworked visual effects that are currently going on in Hollywood, thanks to a variety of studios out there. So, uh, you know, yeah, great. let's blame Marvel. Well, yeah, I, I don't know you if could. they're using the same crews. Well, you are. Well, they're <laughs> not the same honest. crews. But here's the thing. Now, admittedly, great graphics is is more of a Halloweenish thing. But I, you know, I think we should talk about the effects here because. We don't really ever get that many opportunities to talk about the effects when it comes to Stephen King stuff. I mean, granted, like, you know, we, we'll probably talk about the, uh, the, how they did the dog when we get to the long watch and Cujo and all. But the visual effects here are important because they were produced by a digital domain. Um, and they also executive produced this movie. Now, if you are a veteran of uh, genre films, 
uh, or at least lover of genre films, that name should ring a bell because it was founded by my king and the world's king, James Cameron, uh, Stan oh. Winston and Scott Ross. And they actually began producing visual effects together in 1993. And they kicked it off with, with three films that were released in 1994. True Lies, Inner mm. with a Vampire, and Color of Night. Um, wow. And so after that, they went on to produce like effects. Color for, of Night. Like, yeah, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> I think you they CGI'd it, in Bruce Willis. Willis. They filmed it during yeah. the day. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what, how much was going on in that one, but maybe there's an explosion or something. But uh, they went on. That will did, be that movie's legacy. Is yeah. Just Bruce Willis's dick is can be seen for like half a second. And hey, you see explodes. that? Hey, you guys see my underpants somewhere? Um, <laughs> He's like has a cigarette smoking, you know, whatever. Um, so they actually, so this is the same. This is the same company. I know we we're just making fun of the effects, but they they did the effects for Titanic, Apollo thirteen, mm. What Dreams May Come, The Fifth Element, and Damn. the list goes on. Now, I should say it's not exactly the same company from its heyday. Okay, um, because so I like this bit. I like this bit from from Wikipedia. Principally due to conflicts over the film Titanic, the founders of Digital Domain were known for feuding, which almost destroyed the company. And it was founder Scott Ross who announced plans of raising $100 million in financing to become more active as a production company. This plan never materialized, and corporate owners forced management to seek a buyer of the company. And so since then... It has been a pretty rocky road, uh, like since the odds. So, like, there were a number of investors and movers and shakers, and they came in, and there's even some bankruptcy woes. But from what I can tell, what I can glean from this insanely epic Wikipedia ent entry for digital domain, um, it seems like the last ten years they've found some, you know, some steadier footing. Uh, here's some in the past year alone. Here are the blockbusters that they released out there. And you, I know you guys are all joking about Marvel, but let's take some, some start counting here. Spider-Man No Way Home, <laughs> Doctor Strange, <laughs> Black Panther 2, Ant-Man 3. They also did Dune. They did West Side Story. And that's just like a scooping of like of the big shit that they got out there in the last uh, year but or two. what small stuff have they done? Like, I don't understand how, the, how they would still do this movie. That makes well, no yeah. sense. like you were saying, they probably have like tiers of, of uh, you know, crews and stuff. And so they, you know, <laughs> they put it on this. But like they're the a big deal. like the ground team. <laughs> But you would think well, if they're executive producing, like that's a big deal, and yeah, you know. But I mean, look, they're they're fucking slammed. I mean, that that's one of the big controversies these days is how, like, everyone's overworked. I mean, look at look at the, how many movies they've. All, I didn't even mention Changi. They did RRR, which is huge right now. It's taking over the world. Morbius. They also did Black Adam. It just, you could, I, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's pretty stretched then right now for effects. So I would say. Well, yeah, I totally, I'm, look, I take it all back. I just cannot believe that they were, that the people involved in those billion dollar businesses were involved in the 12th Children of the Corn movie. It's really crazy. 11th. Yeah. They're like, this well, is the movie yeah. we're going to do, guys. We've <laughs> saved up all this money over <laughs> the years with Marvel and DC, and we're going to make the 12th Children of the Corn movie in New Zealand or Australia. Like we're going to be the first ones to show he who walks behind the yes. road. It's their lifelong dream. It's like their dark 40 tower, years in you the know? making. I will say, I don't know if there is a good way to show a giant corn monster. I know. You know, like this might be the best you can get. You know, it's not necessarily that CGI looks bad. It's that it's a giant monster made mm. out of corn stalk. You yeah. Know? Like, they, should I mean, just, they should have kept it in the dark. Or they should have kept it in the dark, yeah. In the yeah. shadows. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I actually thought the or you know, we, more kernels, you know? yeah, more kernels would have been cool. But yeah. I think that 
you know, we say swing all the time with that, but I, I do appreciate the swing in this because if you are going to make a yeah. distinguishable uh, swerve from, I don't know, the 10 other goddamn porn movies, I was pretty <laughs> surprised and also elated in a weird way. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that I'm so tired of there being some insinuation or a metaphor and that we actually got a literal fucking monster running around. Like, I, I, I yeah. completely agree. It kind of ties back to what you're saying that I thought also ran with just like it felt DTV nineties in a fun way to me. Like I was like, Oh, okay. This is fucking crazy. Like we're going for it. Let's do it. Let's. And it's also gnarly. I mean like the deaths that are involved with you walks um, vicious. Like, I mean, it's kind of, these are, this, yeah. is, this is one batch of corn kids. I don't want to fucking mess with like out of compared to like the first one, <laughs> at least I could like push the kids down and be like, get the fuck away from me. Like this one, no deal. Like you're going to either be burned alive, ripped apart, buried or eaten by whatever this fucking thing is. So, um, I don't know. Well, you I was terrified. One of the girls like terrifies a lady, you know, yeah. terrified kills. Or you got to walk the plank, oh, yeah. you know? Sorry. Um, so anyway. yeah, I think my, my biggest issue with the, with the direction was, I do, and I think you glanced at this, Jen, a little bit, is that there's kind of a inelegance to the plotting and the, yeah. the sequencing. Like, I think that's where that's where I was getting at at the beginning, mm-hmm. where, like, all these major events happen within, like, five minutes yeah. at the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. And then there isn't a lot of uh, follow-through in terms... Like, we kind of just get thrust into a world that doesn't seem to truly acknowledge those first five minutes. And Mm -hmm. I think I struggled with that. Like I needed a little bit more recognition of what that event was, how it was rippling throughout the town. And then uh, it was just kind of like a hard shift into the more economic woes of the town and the character building, which, you know, was fun. But then I had a lot of moments where I wrote in my notes uh, that escalated quickly because uh, there was a lot of moments where, you know, you see the little girl and she's being a little evil. But the next thing you know, there's a giant hole in the ground and they're painting the corn stalks red. And I was like, how did we mm-hmm. get there yeah. mm-hmm. from the last scene? And I think yeah. and I didn't I f- mind that. Like, I'm, I'm OK with it overall, but it's like but I, I was confused at times because I felt like I wasn't seeing the bridges to various scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justin. There's one scene in particular, you want to talk about missing bridges, that maybe, uh, let me know if I'm the only person that was confused here. Okay, so they're all, all the adults, well, like not all the adults, I guess, a lot of the adults are in that cell. Mm-hmm. And they come in with the same gas that was used to nullify the, the hostage situation. And so the gas works there. And then it, doesn't it just cut to a different group of adults yes. in the ditch? I was confused but about this. That time, to yeah. me. So so when they're all buried and, she, and she's like grabbing that person's hand, I thought that that was her father. Mm-hmm. But no, those I thought other that adults was her were, mom. It, 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 mom. It was. Yeah. It was. It is. Yeah. I, thought, but, I thought the people in the jail cell were the people in the hole. Exactly. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, was I thought too. Well, some of them because the dad and the, the preacher – get oh right saved, yeah but a number of them were still in the cell mm-hmm. yeah um also I like was how very did, confused by that i just, just thought that like everybody load thought up they were a wagon or something yeah. well, i understand they were all drugged why did they only take uh, again it was just a little confusing yeah and i don't know too if many it, of them got taken they away have, from uh, him and it was edited later or I, maybe that's what happened but yeah. here's very, what it was happened just confusing seeing the scene. okay Jen's it's got cool it. to see 
adults and the kids like tearing apart the jail cell. That's cool. And it's also cool to see um, dirt bury a whole bunch of adults alive. And we exactly. don't need any connection, you know, yeah. two cool things. But yeah. It's almost no, like they the didn't. Is, it, the way it's the way it's shot, it's presented like, well, they knocked them out and they all woke up in the ditch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and to Jen's point, but to Jen's point, it's like they did that, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we don't have any more adults to kill in the jail cell." <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's let's still, act it like doesn't make any sense. Let's 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 yeah. just say for you know, uh, let's just say there are a bunch of no, agree, adults yeah. that lingered around. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it, it's <clears throat> plotting wise is the is probably the biggest um, mark I have on it is that there a there are a lot of great ideas, but b it the the, the yeah, the the t- the tissue between the the limbs here is just it's just not there. It's just the ligaments are are just all. Well, all those like kids episodic, are killed at that preschool, you know? and then like the next week they're just talking about yeah, what are we gonna do about this corn? Like I there's know. no right. mention about these. That dead was where corn. I yeah. you'd think it was I be a huge. Like they were weird. dead until the yeah, end. Yeah, they were all they were dead. Asleep. They died. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at the newspaper article like, at the beginning oh, of the movie. Yeah, along with that, it's like that's where I was wondering if there was time jumping going on a couple times because. Like, was that flash forwarding the opening? Because then there were scenes, and we don't have to dig into this right now, but then there, there were some scenes where Eden had bright red hair yeah. that looked like a wig. And then the next wig? scene, well, I didn't, did we see her get the wig or put the wig on? Because nah, the next scene she would have wig, pigtails. Because she looks, she's talking about the queen, the red queen, mm-hmm. um, the puzzle, after her yeah. parents are dead or, yeah. They, I think so she was, was it a wig? living in the home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, it was a wig. Yeah. It was a it's wig. like her sheriff's back. I need it. fascinated with the Red Queen after that. Let's yeah. look. We're talking a lot about characters, so why don't we just jump into the the right <laughs> section for this? And uh, in a, in a little heroes section and we wigs. Call heroes and wigs. I'm gonna have to kill this fucking clown. Welcome to the Losers Club, asshole. <laughs> Here in Heroes and Wigs, we talk about the good guys and the bad <laughs> hair jobs. The wigs. And then let's just say that. <laughs> Everyone's got a bad hair day in this Nebraska small town. I don't know where to start here because I, I'll be honest. When I started doing notes for this, I had a lot of notes for um, the you know Elena Camporis, who looks like Ellie Sattler from Jurassic Park throughout this entire movie. Um, and then uh, you know I had a couple of notes here and there for some of the town's members, but really it comes down to like Boline, the other Boline girl. Um, is it Bolin? Other Bolin? Oh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Bo- they just call her Bo the whole time. I didn't realize her name was Bolin. She's the yeah. other, other Bolin girl. What? Um, she is the other, other Bolin. Yeah, and then <laughs> then there's Eden Edwards. There's like the two principles there, the good and the bad. And then you got yeah. some some townspeople. So, you know, we're already in the weeds. I've got some mini is. notes and some of these other people. I've okay. got some mini notes. Okay, where do we want to start? Because I feel yeah. like we were just talking about how we're – we we don't really understand some of the the pacing and the plotting in a lot of this movie. I think maybe we just um, say there, there's some missing tissue here. Maybe there's some miss, missing kernels if we're going to stay on theme. Mm. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk more about some kernels in the bag didn't pop? They didn't pop too much, <laughs> and that happens sometimes. Go. I'll be I'll be you know quite honest. I put that popcorn button on my my microwave sometimes. It doesn't get all the kernels, and I, I'm totally fine with that sometimes because sometimes they get enough taste, and that and this movie did that for me. So <laughs> let's talk about the lead: uh, Elena Camperis, Bo Boleen Williams. So I thought she was a pretty strong final girl. I'll be honest with you. I thought that out of all of the performances in this movie, um, she at least grounded it enough for me. Like I, I you know, I, I was with her. I got it. I thought she. 
had a, an interesting, uh, tough and paternal sort of instinct that went, a, you know, well beyond her would be age. Um, and I kind of like that they, they really take her through the ringer here. I mean, she loses like all her fucking friends, uh, all her plans fall wayside, even down to the very end. Um, I don't know. I, I, out of all the leads that mm. we get in these King, these core movies, I thought she was, she was pretty good, especially since she was, you know, she's, she's still a kid. And that's kind of a, another swerve in this, in this franchise. Uh, Jen, what did you think of uh, Bo? Bo? Yeah, I liked her. Other than, like, I, I don't like what she's given to do, and I don't quite know what her motive is other than, mm-hmm. like, save the day in quotation marks. But I thought she did what she was asked to do well. Like, I do I, – her scream didn't annoy me. Like, I was, in, I was invested in her being saved. Um, and, yeah, I think she was fine. Yeah, Justin, not so. I got. Oh, oh, go go for go for Bo. I was just gonna say I got like young Drew Barrymore vibes at times, Mm -hmm. like filtered through Julia Garner, maybe. Mm. Uh, Uh, Oh yeah, Julia Garner. Garner. Yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just like she was sort of playing this uh, hippy dippy, you know, um, anti big corn kind of girl, and uh, I don't know. I never really bought she was from that town. That was, I think, mm-hmm. something I struggled with a little bit. Uh, and I, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, she carried the movie, I think, well enough, but she doesn't really get the good role, right? Like, the good role is Eden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, chewed the scenery Kate in a Moyer. way I very much enjoyed. Yeah. You know, she, you know, that yeah. girl was like the queen of her community theater in whatever town she's from. She was oh, fucking mm-hmm. owning easily. that shit. So I say, uh, she's great. So, yeah. Justin, though, um, you you seem like have some. Nuts well, look, and guys. I mean, I've been waiting to say this for twenty four hours. You know, I thought Bo was afraid was coming out later this year, but Bo <laughs> seemed quite afraid in this movie. Nice, nice. Good night, well everybody. Done. Yeah, I thought she was fine. Like you said, there was a lot of she. She was given the plot, mm-hmm. yeah, or at least the subplot. She was the one that was going to be leaving town to go to college, but then she found out that you know the town was going to basically get rid of their livelihood, and and this is where it also got a little confusing. Is that mm-hmm. She was going to lock up her dad and take him to the town hall to have another vote about whether or not to accept the subsidies. Oh, they're going to have a mock trial. A mock, a mock trial, trial. Which is just well, it's slightly one trial. step below Model UN. So. Yeah, so what's the mock trial going to lead to? And look, maybe, again, I'm overthinking it, but look, they plotted it out. So they we did. have to analyze it, right? I mean, yeah. they set it up. There's also something to do um, with her mother, too, that was kind of confusing. Like I, I, That's... Yeah. The mother is, I guess, technically a character. She was walking around in the movie. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. if she had her scenes cut, but that was also very strange. Yeah. As I texted Mike last night, all all I can hear when I think of uh, when I hear the words "mock trial" is uh, "mock trial" with Jay Reinhold from uh, from Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Jay Reinhold makes his own show, Judge, and he refuses Judge Reinhold. to be called mm-hmm. Judge. Excellent. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I thought she was pretty good in this, though. Yeah, I I didn't think she was. Look, like you said, Jen, there's been some other leads in corn films that weren't too great uh, oh, yeah. but she's more than capable and she actually is i believe from the states so that's how they usually do it. they'll fly out like the two leads from the mm-hmm. nor- from yeah. north america and everybody else would be you know from the area i mean she's really from wales she, yeah. i mean she easily has like one of the more like elaborate resumes in the back i mean she's she was in men women children uh she was in labor day so she's clearly a favorite of jason reitman Oh um, wow! And she was also in the Cobbler too. So Tom McCarthy. Uh, oh wow! Cobbler. 
So um, her and Sandler. And Sandler's a midwoman. Sandler, yeah, yeah. And then she was also in my big fat Greek wedding too, and she stars as the daughter. So um, man, imagine well, she'd be Sandler in the one. Three's coming out, so yeah, and she and she is in part three. Yeah, she's gonna be back. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, she's Greek because her last name. Accord and like arguing like the shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, yeah. Her last name is Camporis, so she is Greek, so it makes sense. Yeah. So, so. Well, anyway, we wish her the best. Hey, look, yeah. I thought she was fine in this. I, I, I thought like she was, was she fine. was fine. Yeah. I totally bought her reactions no, no. In, in the beginning when she's just like looking at these idiot kids, and then also, wait a second. So I couldn't confirm this, and this was another confusion. The guy, the kid in the beginning—that's her brother, right? Yes. What an asshole! Wait, the kid. Wait, the, the masked kid? No, the brown-haired kid. Like no. that she's standing with. Oh yeah, yeah. that's her brother. The one yeah, that looks just like Christian Slater. A little bit, sorry. yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Slater's that's a that's a reach, but um, uh, I'll, I'll I'm go sorry. Say, I was gonna say, Jen, Mike, Mike worships Christian Slater. Yeah. You can't just yeah. throw that around. I literally am staring at a giant straight, sticker. Mike. Who? Mike, who are you referring to? The kid that she's standing with in the very, very beginning, like who's pissed that she's yeah, that's her town. brother. When yeah, she okay. t- the one she t- yeah. That's her brother. Not in the Wikipedia credits, but I, w- I just wanted to point it out that that kid sucks. Like one of the worst. Oh, don't worry. Like, I found him. I, I did some investigating. Okay. Because I, I thought that. that his, Good what thing a, he what looks like Christian Slater brother. or he would have no career. <laughs> well, he was just a jerk brother. He just like totally sells out his sister the entire time. And, you know, at the end when she sees him, I would have been like, well, fuck you. Oh, hey, here's she's my, here's going my to note, college, Mike. so she deserves okay. it. Okay. So I guess, you know, she, he gets taken to the woods. And I'm sure he gets instantly corrupted by he who walks, you know? I think that's what that scene was meant mm-hmm. to Yeah. Uh, yeah. Day, right so I, I get that but then at the end when the corn dies and the kids come out and they're and they're fine again he kind of just looks at her and gives her a head nod like yeah fuck we're cool? you like no we're not just cool. killed her fucking parents exactly. out there mm. yeah, what are you talking about yeah. i kind of um, wish it was, that like, it was, was, like it was very just... much like a oh, sorry about all that um yeah you know lost control yeah oh by the way his name is uh the character's name is cecil Mm-hmm. Williams. Oh, oh right, Cecil. and that was my nickname at the beginning of the episode, played yeah. by Jaden McGanley. Yeah, not ah. a fan. I wasn't a fan. I thought his. I thought he, I thought <laughs> he was a jerk, a jerk of a a, a brother. I I have mm. a you know I I got some siblings. I thought I would never sell him out like this, and even that early on, like she, he's like Very being selfish. vindictive, like that she's leaving, and it's like, well, you're they're gonna be the only friends I have in this town. It's like, okay, so what? You want this little kid to fucking jump off a plank? Like, what a fucking sociopath. Mm. Mike, oh, yeah. Mike, it sounds like you're mad at the character, which means the character did its job. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're supporting. Kid, you're is that kid is from Canada or what, though? I mean, but I then the know. movie that kid yeah, was not from Canadian fucker. But to to <laughs> but to Justin's point, the movie at the end wants you to like the kid again. Like, oh look, they're back. You know, like no, everything's fine. Hey, it, look, it's um, you know, at the end, everyone's learned a lesson. We're all yeah. better yeah, off. And hey, you know, who wants your parents around anyways? They just steal you. They make take your it's, toys away. They make you go to go to church. They just don't understand. Well, let's talk about Eden just a little bit more. Um, speaking of the ending, I feel like the, the ending of this movie also is trying to make you feel bad for her because she's like kind of this, you know, she's the the servant of he who walks. I didn't buy it. I thought I thought Eden was a little shit and she deserved the fate that she got. So I didn't feel bad about that either. So and, and to what your is point, up I love- with the ending of this movie, though? Oh, was, God. I thought that was I thought that was at least going to be a nightmare, but it yes, was real. It's not. I know. Um, I, well, yeah, I have some grievances in that one, but. Um, Yikes! I thought. Let me, oh, I, thought, go ahead, I thought Eden was strong here, but to uh, piggyback on this, Randall, because I know that you've got some thoughts on Eden. But. Well, clearly there was more going on than just he. It wasn't just he who walks possession, right? Because all he who walks wants is to be fed. So the adults need to march in the corn or be buried in the ground. I guess you know some way that they need to commune with the soil. So the 
so he who walks can consume them. Whereas she was getting a little bit of revenge on her own. She was, mm-hmm. uh, did she need to pluck out the pastor's eye and then eat the eye? Yeah, that was a little I don't much. know. Like that seems, yeah. I mean, granted it, they did imply that there was uh, some untoward behavior going on, but, uh, so, Hey, I, su- I, I support her in this, but it seems to me that she was, uh, a bit homicidal and a bit nutty outside of the possession. So mm-hmm. I don't think this girl is uh, all innocent by the way. No. She's been getting like a polarizing reaction. And I totally get if people are kind of turned off by this performance, but when you compare her to the other kid antagonists of the, of the movies, yeah. they're all very much like hands behind their backs and mm-hmm. just very polite. And there's a, there's, there's a front going on, but with her, it's like this laissez faire. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm the bad yeah. girl. I'm the evil girl. Like, I, I, She's an evil I little mean, bitch. I kind of like that take like on that the, the main villain. I didn't know. Uh-huh. I thought she did a pretty good job. Oh, you yeah. Hate her. She, you hate her upon her. the best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Did, okay, oh, except for I Jen. did a note here. Yeah. And maybe I'm going too far. But there's a scene right before Bo finds out what's going on where Eden is sitting on the front porch with um, Calder Covington's younger brother. <laughs> Great name, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll talk about Cal in a minute. <laughs> And if you notice this, though, so it's the little girl and the little boy, and her name is Eden, and she's eating an apple. Uh-huh. And I thought what they were trying to say that this is like mm. the beginning of the new civilization there. I mean, maybe yeah. too much into it. I like that. Oh, I no. think that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Uh, Eden had to deliver some some truly bad lines that I it's think past... she sold with gusto. Uh, yeah. There was one. <laughs> she ha- She says, you want to play with me? Oh, oh, let's go. Yeah. Like. That shit there is a line though. Was but here's the thing: she doesn't have a lot of what Randall like. I know Randall, you hate when like little kids in horror movies have like little quips. Yeah. And for the most part, though, she kind of avoided it. She was just she acting does. like a little brat. But yeah. there is a point near the end. I wrote this down. I almost tore my skin off where she's like, "It's past my bedtime" or something. Oh, like I that. know. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that was a little too much. Uh, you know, but man, okay, you're bad. not a little brat when you got three bigger guys with chainsaws following you around, making sure Love your the shit chainsaw happens. Humps. Those kids, dude. Were great. Exactly. Like her minions were the best. She was incredible. I loved every second of her. Yes, it was super cheesy. Yes, some of these lines were the worst. But like just the nonchalance that she's walking around. She's like, string her up, bury those fuckers. I just loved it. I ate it up. The wig was bad, but like I want to be a queen and like control everything that's going on in the town. Like, you know, so yeah, she also deserved to die. But. I think the wig thing was just like a little kid picking up a wig. I didn't think it was supposed to be that like, wig was you know. no, she was bright. The... It was too pristine. It was too beautiful for that world. Well, that's I true. Know. I, I don't know. I, I, you I, haven't I... been to Rileen, Nebraska. <laughs> I don't think they have a party city in Rileen. That's all I'm well, saying. No, that, wig, that wig would have dust and it'd have tangles. Like you can't keep wigs clean in yeah. the corn more well, than she, like a day. You know, she's, uh... she's like the new leader. You can't keep wigs clear. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say one quick thing about the chainsaw boys. The only thing that would have made it better <laughs> is if they were older, and really buff and like shirtless the whole time. And then they <laughs> had the chainsaws oh, yeah. and like oiled up. And then actually that shit killed somebody with a chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. There needed to be some they, they had a hunk. Hunks. They had a hunk in the movie, but he was killed way too early. Yeah. Yeah. He was killed way too I know. Early. I did like that death though. That was cool. Yeah. I did. Yeah, that was the CGI was a little rough. But that's another version. Mostly Calder Covington. Great name. Calder Covington. That is a nice name, name. yeah. A little alliteration. It kind of sounds like maybe he could have been a superhero, but but he's not. Um, Hey, Joe. Joe Klosek. Yeah, you're an actor, right? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you in the new show in the core movie? Yeah, I'm playing Calder Covington. (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't you forget it. Well, let's talk about his papa, uh, Calvin Covington. Um, played oh, Bombor in uh, Hobbit one, two, and three. Does anybody uh, remember Bombor from uh, the the Hobbit movies? No. I'm did you see the Hobbit, the Hobbit movies, Justin? I sure did. I watched Even them all the most recently. Important thing, this this was example A of this guy has never been to the United States of America. Probably. He's trying to play like this mid- middle middle country shit um, kicker. Shit, yeah, yeah, it was just it was tough for me. Yeah. To watch. I like his death. I thought the hanging was cool with the horse and everything. Yeah. That was a cool I shot. Did too. Yeah. Would have Look. been cooler if there was a giant industrial fan in that. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. like they lifted up and cut his head off. That was See, this cool. is all we want. Cool. This is all we want in these movies. I know. Care. Just Why corn we, like, and blood we, and kids. We spent eighty percent of this fucking episode going like like hanging up on like the little threads and you know the the bridges between the stories. Mike, because ninety five percent of the movie is not this. I know it is true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But when it does, <laughs> That's it why. goes to the There's fucking like jugular. Three in the movie. Oh yeah, it does get brutal. It does get brutal. So let's talk about um one brutal death. You already kind of hinted at him before. Arguably the biggest veteran we have here on the cast, Pastor Penny, oh, yeah. Bruce Spence. Yeah, I mentioned Hobbit before. He was cut, but he was the uh the voice of Sauron in the extended versions of uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Bruce of Spence. Return of the King. Yeah. Of Return of the King, yeah. And he was in um another king himself, Mad Max, uh by the King Mad Mel. Um and <laughs> By Mad Mel. <laughs> great, great character actor. Um, yeah. Kind of brings his chops a little bit here. I mean, out of all the memorable townspeople, he's the one that speaks. That's probably the tallest. I mean, not literally, but also just metaphorically for me. Like, I, that's the person I remember the most. He He's creepy. He's got that sort of um, that face that, you know, gave him his resume that he has right now. Um, I don't know. Pastor Penny, some ugly, the ugly fate with the eye. Incredible work. I like that stuff. That that mean, uh, nasty moment is what I come for these movies for. And whether or not we didn't get enough, I don't know. But we did get that scene. So kudos to you, Bruce Spence. I thought you did pretty good with what you got here. Um, any other thoughts on Spence? Yeah. See, this is where archetypes help. I think, like, yeah. especially with with the adult characters. Like, you need like I think his death or his character resonated the most because he was sort of the clearest archetype in the sense that he was, mm-hmm. uh, he was, you know, this lecherous man of, of the cloth, like re- lecherous religious character who has, you know, is clearly up to something, uh, you know, not so nice with, with these children. And you cast a guy who fits that archetype, right? Like, like tall, gaunt, uh, and just inherently creepy. And he, and so I think that helps because they can't, they don't have a <laughs> lot of freak. time. Hey man, lean into what you're good at. It's <laughs> like right. it's like uh yeah, like they that's always helpful in movies like these where you have this, you know, crew of victims, right, where uh, they're not going to get a lot of time to be developed, but you can do a lot of that development just through very basic identifiable archetypal traits and then cast someone who suits that. Like they almost got there with the abusive dad character because they they tried to make him, you know, this shit kicker with like a trucker hat on or whatever. But that uh, but, you know, they they didn't have a lot of time to roll with that. And the sheriff character I felt was like was kind of wasted. Like that's archetypal, like the, the bad sheriff. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like he he didn't even get a chance to lean into that very much. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So anyways, I thought that the adults could have used some work in that regard, but the pastor to me was the best and it makes sense that he got the nastiest death, which was quite good and genuinely disturbing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, the, the abusive father, but what about the five minute father played by Cal, Callan Mulvey, uh, who played Robert Williams? Um, one of the more recognizable actors in this, he's been in pretty much everything. Um, he's been in Endgame. He's been in Winter Soldier. He was in 300 Rise of the, um- the Rise of an Empire. He was in Dawn of Justice. Big, uh, 
I, I don't know, kind of um, understated character actor, if you will. I mean, I feel, he's, he's just been a bunch of shit. And I, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. that you know, there's that, that, that guy um, that I've seen in, you know, countless movies playing, you know, the soldier. Or in the case of uh, the, the Marvel movies, Jack Rollins. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the classic Jack isn't Rollins. That super, isn't that Spider-Man? No, I What's wish. His real name? The, the Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Um, so close. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> I thought he played Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. But uh, they, he got, you know, they were like, well, let's go with Tom Holland. I think he's a little more recognizable. Um, <laughs> oh, no, and, this guy's <laughs> in the, uh, across the Spider-Verse. He's, in, he's one of the alternate Spider-Man. Uh, he could be, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. Justin, do you have any notes <clears throat> for Calvin You know, Mulvey? I don't have any notes for Mr. Mulvey's performances, Robert Williams. Okay, <laughs> well, you know what? The, the, Robert is Williams just... is uh, currently a power forward for the Boston Celtics, though, so I don't know if that was a nod. But definitely, so. <laughs> definitely an intentional choice. Yeah. Back in the 2020, they knew women. that they were going to have a huge comeback in, in, they in 2023. Um, yep. This is this is just this is episode has gone off the fucking rails. I I, I I'm, well, I'm just no, going to say it right now. I know this I know this I know that this is this is the show. Performance. Yes, this is the show. I will say okay. One thing. We have lost our minds. Uh, I feel like Nadine Cross, like in the fucking elevator. You know what? Right I now. did feel. I, I will <laughs> say this about him. I felt. I, I, I felt is like his wife. I'm guessing his wife really sucked. That's what it seems. Okay. So that's the vibe I got. <laughs> All right, mean? let's yeah, just okay, round well, out this I think section. That, that that is the attempt of like making Bert and Vicky from the story like arguing so much. I think that's mm. the only thing I can get from. Yeah. That. I okay. mean, yeah. but, we but I mean, I want to know what she did. Arguing or anything? Yeah, what did she no, do? No, she just we don't flirted know. with some other dude. I think she's just like she's a lady about town. No, they do the uh, the classic little corner walker. Like, like I like I said, <laughs> five minute father. He's just sitting there, sad, oh watching television. Oh yeah, it's like a total trope. Mm. Now, Justin, you said yeah. you had some notes for the townspeople. I think that'd be a good way to button this up and uh, we get the fuck out of this section because <laughs> I, well, I don't have much about. Okay, let's compare them to the other people. I mean, in this one, they're openly mocking and bullying the kids during the town the town assembly remember that like they're mm-hmm. all yeah, which is what you should do to kids. children yeah <laughs> which if, whether or not it's oh. right or wrong that's what they're doing because randall five minutes um, before he gets covered with dirt from a bulldozer yeah. Yeah. and so i felt like they're and then remember when um Bo and i think it's Bo and either calder covington or it's Bo <laughs> and her brother are walking down the streets at night and everywhere they look they're hearing the parents, yeah, yeah, um, getting into fights or abusing the kids. It was very mm-hmm. strange. I'm yeah. not sure. It was. Look, I mean, you know, when big corn comes to town, it can really tear families apart, as we all know. Yeah. Well, Michael Clayton. I think that I think that they really went overboard trying to justify why the yeah. kids want to kill the parents. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. there was the orphanage thing, and then you got the scene mm-hmm. you're just mentioning. You got the scene of them taunting all the children in uh, the town hall meeting. Hold on, Eden had a line that that killed me in the uh, town hall meeting. I wrote it down. She goes, uh, "Not everyone has voted. Not us, the children." And I needed another <laughs> pause, and then her to go of the corn. <laughs> Randall had the same thing. I was like, I was. If, if she had said that, I would have accepted it. I oh man, that would have been gratefully. awesome. Yeah. But no, I mean, so would you I would get... you accept her vote though? Because she's she's a yeah. minor, so she's wrong. No, she's a fucking kid. These kids yeah, she shouldn't be voting. Yeah, she's that vote. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know why she killed y'all. If you're over the age of sixty-five, you shouldn't be able to vote. If you're under the age of eighteen, you shouldn't be able to vote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these parents do deserve to die, though. Awesome. Yeah, they, they do. did. To be fair, but I also don't think it. we needed that much setup. Like every other corn movie has gotten by by just being like, kids hate adults. Of course, you want right. adult parents. It's, it's, you know, 
Yeah. They go to great lengths to really explain something that is just so simple is that well, know, the kids aren't all right. S- exactly. They're trying yeah. to have us sympathize with the kids too, kind of having it both ways. Like, um, am I supposed to feel sorry for Eden and when she gets sad and walks into the burning corn? Like, no, just hate her. I mean, no. I kind of do because she deserves to run that. She got to go. You know. I know but like that's where I think the orphanage kill was a, a step too far. Like it didn't yeah. need because it was too no. seismic of an event to not weigh over the entire movie, which it didn't really. I feel like they and then but that was it seemed like just further justification for why the parents had to die. But for yeah. me, it's yeah. like I don't think we needed that huge sledgehammer because, like I said, it just was it was a bit confounding to me in the early going. Yeah, and I, I forgot agree. about it until they started hosing the parents down. Like I right. just completely forgot that happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot about it until I rewatched it this morning, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this scene." And then yeah. did and it then, improve then, on second weird. watch, Mike? Um, yeah. I mean, because you you know s- some things are smoothed out a little bit more. I noticed a little bit more of like actually some of the dynamics between like Bo and her friends, which seemed to not really. I don't know, stick with me when I first watched it. Sure. It just felt like, oh, look, this is another plan that's just not going to work. Um, I will say the one thing that did, you mentioned voting. And I got to say, in this country, it'd be a lot easier if we could vote online. <laughs> I think that, you know, something that we want, <laughs> like, you know, let's just, let's just, let's just you, consider Mike, this. From what I remember, um, Mike, you were very much against using the U.S. Postal Service. You know, I really was. I just think that just, it just makes it that much more complicated. No, we're ki- yeah, everybody know, listening. I'm just we're joking. Making jokes. Come on. We're making jokes. You know, I, jokes. you know, go, go out there and vote. It's really important. You know, this is a democracy. <laughs> um, right, okay. now, we're, now we are moving on. All right, we're going on to our next section because God help us if we talk about more of these uh, kids uh, to nightmares and dreamscapes. If you think your dreams are disturbing, (laughs) imagine the nightmares of Stephen King. What are you, some sort of a horror movie guy? No, Clyde, I'm a literary guy. You're in nightmares and dreamscapes. It's... it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. Now, keep this in. So, I guess, Mike, this is when we actually start to, to complain about the movie? Yes. Well, anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, I just have the giggles right now. Okay. You know, what can, what can I say? It's like, uh, maybe I'm just a kid at heart. Um, so, we're going to okay, talk about what we loved funny. and what we hated. We're just doing a round robin this. All right. So, let's start with what we loved. Jen, what is one thing you loved about this movie? Man, okay. I'm a simple girl. Uh, the corn flashlight face jump scare got me. I was that was cool. That. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Liked it. and they didn't linger like it. It wasn't overused. It was just it made me like, what, what's going on with this corn? This corn's gotten in these kids. Yeah. yeah, I was into it. Randall, there was that scene when the brother goes in the corn and all the little girls were like singing and knitting or whatever. That was it. Didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I didn't care because it was actually just kind of cool. Like it was a nicely lit shot. It was eerie. It was, uh, I don't know, well staged. It felt a little bit presentational compared to a lot of the other stuff, but I don't really care because the scene worked. Um, I also just want to shout out, there was a scene. It was clearly just kind of like an improv, probably like that. They just needed the, like they said to the parents, like, uh, Oh, just huddle amongst yourselves and talk. And then, you know, uh, as the, we're going to do this stuff with the kids, I think it was the dad. He was talking to like the sheriff or something. And he had a line that just made me laugh so hard where he's like, look, if just one of us can get out of here and go to the nearby town, like he was like whispering it. Like it was like this, uh, like secret plan when he was literally just saying like, if one of us can get out and go to the town, then we'll be okay. Or something. It's like, yeah, that's like, I guess like the the basis for a plan. Yeah, but there wasn't yeah. actually a plan. 
like to get out of the escape. prison. He was saying, if one of us gets out, we can go tell someone and be saved. And I, he was saying it, whispering it like it was like, we're going to tunnel through the floor or something. It's very funny. Like there's any, any ingenuity whatsoever in this obvious no duh moment. Um, Justin, one thing you love. I about think this movie. Um, for Dreamscapes, I, I actually like that moment when I think Eden's in the field crying and you see the the hand come down and kind of patter. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like that's limited use of the CGI. And I thought it actually worked in that scene. And that was when I was like, holy shit, they're going to show he who walks. I got yeah. real excited. Yeah. yeah. I thought I thought that looked pretty good. Some of that uh, reminded me, honestly, of The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. I thought the, that with, too. Right? Yeah. But then The Green Knight obviously looked a lot better <laughs> than he walks in this movie. <laughs> oh, wait. You, he had a bigger budget. David yeah, Lowry. Yeah, a bigger budget. Yeah. David Lowry, you know. Yeah. But um, okay, so there we go. There's a positive. Well, one positive I'd say is what we've been talking about the whole time is that I, I really did love how violent and mean um, and also yeah. literal this movie is. Like, I, I wish it actually just was a little bit more literal in that in that interpretation of things, like where it just, it, you know, didn't have to get into the political chaos, which has sent us into a fucking uh, <laughs> jaunt ourselves tonight um, and just just made it violent and mean as everything else. Just keep going into that that direction because it's fun. Movies, horror movies rarely get to be that violent and mean these days. So I like that. But um mm-hmm. All right, we've we've I feel like we've shared a lot of grievances, but let's talk about the nightmares of this all. Uh, Jen, what is one thing that you, you you didn't like? Man, there's not a whole lot that I didn't like in this. Like, there's not a lot that I loved and that I thought was great cinema. But like, I wasn't actively annoyed by a lot of this. But I will say. If you're going to adapt the stand, I need somebody's face in soup. And if you're going to adapt Children of the Corn, I need somebody to scream Outlander, and nobody screamed Outlander, mm. and I was very mad about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Did any kids talk besides Eden? I mean, meh, not. I was thinking about I that. I guess just, just not. now. Yeah, yeah like, see, you just have them all scream Outlander. There yeah, you go. Yeah, at the same time. And you can do that in any accent. It's fine. I feel like a few kids were like, Outlander. You're, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Like I liked um no, this, this is this is, a this grievance, is what you don't but at like the same time grievance. it's kind of okay. it's 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 but it's some great you know some great crowd work <laughs> um when they're all getting upset about what to do with the corn this one guy goes corn economy could kiss my ass <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was uh we love a good that guy like, got it paid that day you know? shout don't we love it That's a very we will still yeah yeah we will still yeah no joke really um okay Randall what about you I'm going to go the Jen route and just say something I didn't like uh, that just wasn't in it. Like, so I'm I'm just going to say it, this movie would have been better if uh, they had somebody nailed to a cross and corn stalks in where their eyes Ooh. used to be. Because that yeah. is, to me, the iconic image of uh, of Children of the Corn, the, the story. story. Yeah. And, um, and that, to me, is very creepy and unnerving. And I could see variations of that image multiple times and be creeped out by it. So, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie starts off with a scarecrow. So, don't you feel like they were going to go back to that somehow? But Should they have, uh, yeah. go back to it. And they even scarecrow. made the dad the scarecrow. Like, yeah. that's yeah. when you yeah. do it. You know? Well, they should have just, you know, buttoned the movie with that, with that image, as opposed to mm-hmm. what my grievance is, is the last final scare. Oh, here we go. I just hate it. Like, I, I don't, you don't need to oh, do it. Yeah. Like, if there was ever, you know, I'm rooting for this character. And I thought that they actually, I mean, they literally have her soaked in gasoline and just, I mean, they really put her through the ringer. So I don't feel like this ending is earned. I feel like it's kind of just a cop out, like in a weird way, like 
you know, I like the fact that she actually got Eden and, and the and the the rest of the team. Like, I, I thought it was kind of cool. And the fact that we have to go back on it, and also, why would she be lingering around still? Like, that doesn't make any much any sense either. Like, that felt like a reshoot. Yeah, like the dream aspect. Yeah. If it was a dream thing, they're trying to do a carry like pop ending. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But this felt for to be the literal ending was I just thought was lame. Yeah, it just feels like they like a producer said, ah, we need a final shot, like a you know, yeah. blackout scare. Yeah. Also, how did she not set on fire herself? Like I was I, yes. I thought that's what was gonna happen. Yeah. yeah Me too. Covered like, in gasoline oh, she's otherwise. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me exactly. Too. Look, if someone's covered in gasoline, I want to see them burn. That got exactly. Burn. <laughs> it's like when are we gonna get to the fireworks factory? Yeah. Um, Don't tease me with a good time. I yeah, so you know, it it could have ended like the original, where they kind of just like walk away, you know? Like yeah. that's <laughs> what the first one does. So, you know, maybe I could have yeah. a nice yeah, I remember the ending of the first one is feeling like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, it's over. And he like punches pretty, a girl that's in the backseat of a oh, car. So and he's like, hey, we got two new kids now. <laughs> one of the weirdest endings of all time. It is that's, very that's weird. That's a really bizarre yeah. ending. Uh, I, I can't say this enough though. I just feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna say that these adults are careless, not careless, but just kind of evil. And flippant about all these kids being accidentally killed, you need to continue down that path as opposed to just mentioning it briefly mm-hmm. after you return from the opening credits. And then, yeah. and nobody yeah. in town, even the kids or even Bo, is bringing it up. You know, yeah. I just don't, I just didn't understand the, the storyline there. It, I almost wonder if it was added later, like if it was yeah, added after weird. a test screening or something and people were like, oh, the they're too mean to the adults. Like there needs to be more of a it's reason. Possible. Or yeah, possible. we need a massacre to start the movie, you know, because that's what the original movie starts with. That's what a lot of them, well, yeah. some yeah. of them start with. You know? well, I guess, yeah, the, but I guess you'd have to see them killing the kids, which would be a flip. You know what they right. should have just, just done? You know? They should yeah. just done like just make it like over the edge. Just have like the fucking kids go nuts, and you just watch the kids insu- like cause chaos across everything. I don't need any background information. It. I just want to see a bunch of kids go fucking rabid. Like that's it. And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah. you know, so the, I wish I was in the test audience. Maybe it should have been in that twenty twenty screening celebrating your birthday down in Sarasota. We should be and- in every test audience because our opinions are always right. Well, they're always I right. I've always said that, too. Yeah, And that's yeah. why I usually <laughs> scoff when I see, you know, two-star ratings and they go, uh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Well, we do. So, um, sorry. Sorry, yeah, but I don't anyway. get that. We do. We do yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Sorry. We're going to get another. <laughs> we do. Um, but, you know, sometimes, <laughs> hey, speaking of peace, there's a, I hope you're all in peace when we're buried six feet under in the cemetery. What's the bottom of the truth? Well, sometimes that is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all. By far the most elegant seg of the night and what has been uh, a, a genuine catastrophe on my part for keeping things uh, together. It's a great but episode. It is a oh, fun yeah. episode, but I'm talking about just keeping things reined in. Let's just say I'm as uh, hapless as the adults that are in this movie. So let's talk about what scared us. And if I'm being honest, there are a couple of moments that kind of creep me out, but I'm going to save mine. Jen, what scared you? What what made you at night go, ooh, I'm, I'm uh, creeped out? <laughs> <laughs> I can't that- sleep. The face got me. That was the only thing that really scared me. But like, there are some like conceptual things that 
I thought scared me like burying the parents like that. I thought that was a little upsetting. Oh yeah, and the whole walk the plank thing. Like as much as I love Eden, that was like, the she is a psychopath. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was like that I, kid up on the plank and uh, and them wanting him like and then poking him with the stick. Like yeah, it was it was a child's game like gone way too far. And that was mm-hmm. I, that tension like that energy of it was very unnerving to me. Uh, that yeah. to me was the most successful. Um, or the moment that I think I felt most creeped out, and then shout out to the just the 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 eye moment with the pastor because it was grotesque and it was also surprising. Like it was just kind of yeah. like gross for gross sake, but I didn't I didn't mind that. It was fun. So but that's what I want from these movies. Didn't that kid on the plank like beat the shit out of some dog or something like that? And that's why. Well, no, he like him. he like they he said like the dog was sick or something, and then they put yeah. it down. So. Yeah. Oh, he oh, so he was actually doing adjacent, something nice, and he okay. got blamed for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if he was though, like tragedy of hurting that dog though, Randall, you want him to go off that plank, like just like the other. Look, kids, I never right? said I didn't want the kid to go off the plank. <laughs> All right, good. It's not the the off the plank that happens; it's the way he goes off. Yeah, the plank. yeah. yeah. All I mean, right, it's so a scary scene. That doesn't mean I was rooting for that kid. He jumps <laughs> off that plank and goes into the corn stock. He's like absolutely being impaled, right? Like, that's why I was I getting remember. nervous watching it happen, but I guess yeah. it was going to be a soft landing or something. I, I, know. I, I was confused by that, too, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. you know, I, I'd like to I'm th- very it looked stupid. like bamboo, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, we're all stupid tonight. Um, it's like the end of uh, the la- Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Death. That would have oh, been cool. Oh, yeah. is, that a, is that a Curtis movie. Hansen movie? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how about yeah. that? The late Curtis Hansen. Um, Rebecca D. Mornay. Rebecca, yeah. uh, King's oh, Dominion. Wendy Torrance. Yeah, how about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, well, we're back. Um, Justin. <laughs> Boy, Julianne Moore, also in that movie, who was in, of course, Lisey's story. Oh, oh that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Who was wow. the guy in that movie? Treat Williams? Um, no, treat- the guy was the the guy, uh, Lorne from um, Seinfeld. Not oh, Lorne, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lloyd right. Braun. Oh, Lloyd oh, Braun. Matt McCoy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of gum. Yeah. Oh, wow. They really kind of. Couldn't get, anyone, couldn't get like Bruce Willis for that movie or something or like, you know, oh, no, he was coming off of Police Academy five and six. He'd replaced oh. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> oh, wow. Citizens yeah, I was patrol. trying to remember who Big I was deal. trying to see if Matt McCoy had any uh, King King's Dominion, but I don't think he did. I said the no. real McCoy earlier. So I guess we're we're talking McCoy today. Let's uh, <laughs> what <laughs> what's you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wait, Art, Ernie. I looked this up because I had to because, of course, we're going on another tangent. Matt McCoy, but also Ernie Hudson. I love Ernie Hudson. Yeah, so, yeah mm-hmm. that works. In love a pretty Ernie problematic Hudson. role in that movie, but you know. I oh no! What are, and I love do? Ernie Hudson. So oh, exactly, no. it was the nineties. Oh, oh, it that's was all right. problematic. Plays, um, somebody who has some some um, yes. I don't yeah. know what the oh, correct okay, adjective okay. is now. Okay. Um, well, sorry to bring the mood down. What scared you, Justin, in this movie? Again, I, I mean, I, I do mean this. The earlier shots, specifically when he who walks comes in, and the news reporter doesn't see him. Mm-hmm. And it just approaches her. It's the less is more. I always like it in a lot of these mm-hmm. cases, especially when it comes to creatures. I, that that I thought that was pretty effective when he when he dragged her away. Yeah, that worked for me. That to me was probably the eeriest, most successful part of the movie. Yeah, that uh, the reporter stuff. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. really got me. Um, just because it's I don't know. She it's kind of fucking sucks for her. Like she just yeah. she actually did go well, there. I, for the okay, story. here's another question I have. Can, yeah. can, can, since we're talking about the reporter. Yeah, wouldn't the kids? in their grand plan want the reporter to come out and yeah. expose the fact that people were damaging this corn and mm-hmm. now we should leave the corn alone. 
Like, wouldn't that work in their favor? It's supposed to. Yeah, just, but then people would there? discover the the ancient demon in the corner. Oh yeah, I guess. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And they wouldn't have been able to kill everybody too. Right. Like these well, no, kids eventually, just once have the, once you say, Okay, good job, everybody. I'm gonna go back to my job, and then you kill all the adults. Yeah, and the that's corn, true. And the corn lives. And the corn I mean, lives. any yeah. favor. Anything that favors the corn ultimately seemed like it was game for Eden. I mean, like, you know, at the point when Bo's like, hey, you know, don't light that. You're going to burn everything in here, including yourself. Eden's like, eh, she's got a point. Like, I feel like that, you know, the reporter <laughs> would fill in that, you know, whatever. Either way, the reporter being torn apart and being dragged around and then brought up, awful fate. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty, ro- um, pretty rough. Or is it, yeah. is it wrong place, for right time? For something that was probably going to be like a... Wrong place, right place, right place, right time. Wrong. Yeah, I've heard of breaking news, but she got broken in half. That is true. (laughs) For a news reporter. Yeah. Wow. Well, breaking. It was probably going to be like a puff piece. She was like, "Hey, these idiot kids want to send their kids, their parents, through a mock trial." She gets ripped in two by a corn monster. Speaking of puff, her life went up in smoke. I mean, this this thing uh, really got her. (laughs) Sure popped. Well, hey, I'm I'm seeing some smoke right now because, uh, (laughs) sorry, folks, I burned the pound cake. Nice. After all you've been talking, everyone in bed, mama, everything in the sin. Come to your closet and pray. Ask to be forgiven. He's a nice boy, mom. You like him. You really like him, mama. Good one. You got to put a can of cream corn in it. Here's the thing. There's no pound cake in this movie. There's none. No. So what we're going to do instead is, Jen, repeat the, the, the ingredients to make the best uh, cornbread, not maybe not pound cake, but cornbread. What's what's the what's the recipe again for for Lacrosse listeners? Okay, so you get the, like the fifty cent like box. It's teeny tiny. It's like Jiffy cornbread or something. Oh and you yeah, just yeah, yeah. Do whatever the back of the box says, and then dump a can of creamed corn into the batter, and then bake it, and then put a little bit of honey on top and a little bit of coconut. It's and the cream go. corn, is it a textural thing or is it a it taste It is a textural thing? thing. It's to add, well, it, I mean, it gives more corn flavor because it is actual corn and it is a textural thing because sometimes, you know, you don't want dry cornbread. You yeah, know? I don't want, no. I don't like dry cornbread. Yeah. No. Yeah. So cr- can of creamed corn. You can squirt a little honey into the batter if you want to also, but you know, not cool. too much. Well, mm. you so, yeah. can have that with John's chili, which is available, uh, the recipe, Ooh. the dead zone recipe from Castle Rock Kitchen. Uh, Teresa Sanders, yeah. you can get that book. And we also talked to her back in September. So uh, Yeah, you can listen to our interview with her. While you're cooking, maybe, yeah. you know, that'd be fun. Um, <laughs> you know you could do, though, I think for the updated version of that book, the second edition. Yeah. You have it, you have it for this movie. You call it Calder Covington's Cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all corn The, the alliteration is amazing. Yeah. You could, there yeah. you go. You know, she I just have really a picture of him with his hoodie on. Just like, uh. <laughs> just Bruce. holding a can of cream corn. <laughs> God, it's like uh, we got to get the rights for that photo. Uh, can we do that? Um, well, we just mentioned the Calder dead zone. Covington. Calder Covington. What a name! It, just, it feels good in your mouth. Great you name. Know? But wait a second, didn't it? So his father is Calvin Col- Colvington. So they're just yeah, he all was alliteration. Abusing him. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But then you know, like, well, the, I want but to then name there's Cam Covington. Me, but my name's stupid. Yeah. It's... Well, Cam was the little kid that's sitting on the step with Eden. I know Which that. Which is his like, brother. Why are they name? Why does all this alliteration having there? Is it Cheryl Covington for the the you know? <laughs> for the I don't know. It's kind of like Carolyn. how no joke. Like Jermaine Jackson's son's name is Your Majesty, oh, <laughs> which is incredible. That's just, just so cool. That's uh, so it's cool. good alliteration. Though, Didn't you know? George yeah. Foreman name all of his kids George? Yeah, yeah. it's like George, George the first, the second, the third. The yeah, second. and then like that's his cool. daughter was Georgette. I think. Yeah, I think it's that's all totally awesome. sane. 
Oh yeah, especially if they're not real people. This is what not a consequence of him names. getting punched in the head for thirty years. Yeah, well, or not it, think his, about what that's going to do to their kids. His I mean, look, he deserves to die for these names too. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I I just have a George Foreman grill, and it's pretty good. Um, oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Um, you it's act like so you're cooking bad. anything in that house, uh, Justin. I, I think oh, the last I got a George Foreman grill though. You got it. You 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 cook on that <laughs> I mean, George it's Foreman away somewhere, but I, I, it's the easiest thing in the world to use. You it is plug it in there. You, you like balance it with like the quarter or whatever, and then you just close it. You're done. That's true. Uh, well, I think we're almost done with this episode, but we got to make a little uh, pit stop in a place that we call King's Dominion. There's another world out there. I know there is. I mean, it's the he who walks. We already talked about it. I couldn't think of anything else King-wise. King I guess some minor things here. All right, here we go. Let's go for it. Um... There's a kid hiding in the back seat during the finale. Yeah. Just like the original Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Penny. Pennywise? Oh. oh. He's back. A little reprieve he's killing, from He's killing kids, apparently. He's definitely kids. Pennywise. Okay. That's, but that's honestly it. I was really looking. There's nothing else. Um, yeah, there's uh, oh, nothing Ryle, like Ryle Stone is a city in Australia. And that's okay. the name of this, the city in this movie, not Gatlin. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. to make so they didn't really want to change the name or anything. Okay. Um, yeah. Jen, what else you find? Um, I just got a couple, and they're more like thematic stuff, but it, it has like a real Lord of the Flies vibe too. Mm. Like I f- this feels kind of like a mix between Lord of the Flies and Children of the Corn, you know. Um, and then the car not starting, I feel like that's a thing King does over and over and over again. Oh yeah. And then the last rung on the ladder when they're walking the plank and the kids oh, yeah. falling oh, in the hay. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. all right. Oh, well, and I got one. red <laughs> Malachi has red hair in the original, mm. like a red wig. Yeah, so. that's true. The original, that's true. the original Red Queen, Malachi. Exactly. Malachi. <laughs> Man, I had a crush on him back in the day. Uh, well, they have <laughs> an action figure burbs. get now. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Randall, you said you had one. Yeah, if you look close in the background of the scene where the kids on the plank, you can see a Saint Bernard. It's <laughs> I knew this is coming. <laughs> Wait, is it just? In the sky, or is it on the plank with him? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like Billy Matt. It's like, uh, or the ending of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, the alligator. Like you can see his face in the it's clouds. It's like Mufasa in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Very uh, he's watching, you know. Uh, very, very good. Yeah, I couldn't believe he did it, but hey, pretty cool. I mean, I didn't notice. It. I gotta look at. It. I gotta watch it again. Yeah, watch it's it again. Big swing, you know. Yeah, you, you should definitely it. watch it again. You can see it in theaters and also uh, coming soon to Shutter. So, <laughs> Shutter. Yep. We've had we've had a good time. It's uh, fortunately. All things come to an end, at least in our case. Let's go to overall thoughts. Dad, can we go now? You ready? Yeah, we've been ready for an hour. (laughs) Okay, I'll be right there. You said that a half hour ago. Yeah, my dad's weird. He gets like that when he's writing. All right, we're ranking it. We're not doing the dudded chums. This isn't a lobstrosity, so we gotta gotta go. You mentioned Pennywise earlier in the King's Dominion. Uh, we got a pastor Pennywise clown knows this. Uh, one to five. <laughs> so uh, here we go, Jen. We'll kick off with you. Okay, I'm going to preface my ranking by saying last night I watched a Children of the Corn movie where a kid yells at a woman and says, kill, and the woman gives her a quarter and the kid goes away. And that is like a major event in the movie. So that's my bar. Okay. Well, that's how you deal with children, though. You just give them money to leave you alone. (laughs) 
but then they kill you. They still kill you if they were going to. <laughs> like a quarter is a dollar these days. You know, kids don't. Yeah, that's true. That's like uh, that. That's right? like that line in, in Dirty Work, exactly. and it's like you know they already broke your hands. Like why do I still have to pay them or whatever? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, go so for good. Um, so that's my bar coming into this. And I actually, I really enjoyed this. Like, it's not the smartest movie. Like, we, it's got some big plot issues. Um, I wish they had kind of picked one plot and went with it. But I liked seeing He Who Walks Behind the Rose. I liked how violent it got. And I love Eden. Um, so I'm going to give it three bright red Pennywise clown wigs. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh the ooh, wigs. We're going to wigs now. Like wigs it. are back. Okay, I like this. Uh, Justin. <laughs> You're next. I, I will say this, and I mean this honestly. I, I do think this is actually better than the original Children of the Corn. I think so, too. If I had to choose between the two of them, I would yeah. pick this to watch again. Mm-hmm. I think it's as good as Children of the Corn for The Gathering. <laughs> and I think it's a step behind Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice, and my personal favorite in the series, the <laughs> still bad Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. Oh, my God. you really That one really did win you over, though. That's um, that, that special effect of the, the neck coming up. That's pretty really, cool. The special effects are pretty great in that movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie just, uh, yeah, it didn't work for me. I mean, we've been basically complaining about it for two hours. So if anybody has any issues or anybody has any questions as, as to why I didn't like the movie, um, I hope you can are able to play back the episode. I don't really want to dwell <laughs> on it too you. much. Um, and God help us all. But uh, it just, it was, I think we talked about this earlier. I appreciate the swing, but scenes didn't connect together the story didn't connect together and i i understand as a filmmaker you want to you don't want to dumb something down to the to the simplicity of kids you know killing adults which most horror fans including myself would be perfectly fine with so you know if you're gonna get that you know take that swing you gotta hit it and i felt like it really fell apart from the beginning it was it was kind of confusing Mm -hmm. throughout um but uh, I mean, I, I star star wise, I guess I give it uh, no pe- no Pastor one... Pennywise clown nose wise, not star wise. Oh, Pastor right. Pennywise. What about the red nose or the red? Oh, wig? he's wearing a red nose. He's, they, they put it on him after they took his eye out. Oh, okay, all right. Yes. So let me give this uh, one and a half bright red Pennywise. Pastor no, Pastor Pennywise, Pennywise <laughs> wigs. Okay. Out of wigs five. Now. Okay, we're on wigs. Yeah, yeah. the wigs. Oh, wow. my MVP. The MVPs wigs. now or later? Oh. Oh, yeah, let's do MVPs. Jen, real, real quick, who was your MVP? Eden, of course. Okay. My MVP, yeah. Figured. I figured. Who's your oh, MVP? Yeah. Then, I love Justin? a female killer. My joke would be that uh, Kurt, because he named the character Calder Covington, which I love. <laughs> but honestly, I, I'd have to say that, the, that it would be Eden. If I, if I had to choose, it would be Eden. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough. All right, Randall, you're up. Two and a half bright red Pastor Pennywise wigs. Wow. This is... uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's like it had enough cool kills and uh, I don't know. Like I found it mostly entertaining and that's all I really asked for with a movie like this. So, uh, you know, it didn't blow me away, but uh, I certainly had a bit of fun watching it. And to me, it's a perfectly fine uh, weekend night rental. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's my rating. My MVP has got to be uh, Pastor Pennywise. Oh, shit. 
So do you think he's better he's than Tim, come back? Is he better than Tim Curry or uh, Bill Skarsgård? No, I'd love. I mean, I love a version. I love another. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but with him after Eden took out his eyes, she replaced him with uh, silver dollars. Oh, uh, creepy! I wonder if he's going to pop up in HBO Max's uh, Welcome to Dairy. I was going uh, to say Wolf maybe the... maybe he's he plays Pennywise in it. I hope so. Um, <laughs> He'd be a good Pennywise, actually. When you think about, it. he actually really yeah. would be a good Pennywise. We need an old Pennywise. That's yeah. My let's go, Bruce mm-hmm. Spence. Yeah, Bruce sick of like, I'm sick of like millennial Pennywise, like young uh-huh. hot Pennywise. <laughs> I'd kind of like, like it greatest if greatest generation Pennywise. I'd kind of like it if like in Welcome to Dairy, he like he he flies down in that little trapper that he has from Mad Max Two, you know, and he's just like sitting there in his like, clown makeup. Good day, and, uh, I'm good Pennywise. Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pennywise like oh, the clown. Do you want Vegemite? some Vegemite? Um, okay, lovely to meet you. I, you I think have, that's a clubhouse. You did. <laughs> this is a clubhouse. This is going to go on forever. So I'm just going to say, for me, it, everything's pretty much Randall and Jen said. It's two and a half for me. Two and a half Pastor Pennywise noses or wigs. Both of them, actually. Um, bar is incredibly low for me when it comes to these movies. It ha- always has been, always will. Um, so, you know, it really boils down to the thrill, the basically the thrills. And I thought this one had plenty of it. So, um, like I said earlier, I love how mean it is. I love how vicious it is. The kids killing adults with not exactly winks, but uh, not too many one-liners either. That's a win for me. So, oh, God, what, what am I? Yeah, two and a half. That's it. That's that's where we're at. It felt like a 90s <laughs> direct-to-video horror movie. I love that. So, for me, I got to go yeah. Bo. I, I, I thought Bo was great. Um, you know, I, I love Pastor Penny, but, you know, just I'll, I'll hold my reservations <laughs> until Welcome to Dairy. I thought Bo was good. She was good. So I'm going to give it to Bo. Um, the great Elena Camporis. Uh, good luck to you. We look uh, forward Madame. to seeing her in the next Jason Reitman movie. Yeah. No, hopefully. we look forward to seeing her in my big fat Greek, Greek wedding, wedding three. Yeah. Coming soon to uh, theaters. My big fat uh, Greek dairy with uh, Pastor Penny, I'm hoping also. So um, <laughs> I want this to happen. My big I'm, fat Greek cornfield. My big fat. My big fat Greek exit, uh, because look, we just gave you, we just, um, we just gave you know who's in that the Sex and the City guy, Aiden, um, what's his name, John Corbett, yeah, John Jonathan Corbett. Corbett, yeah, John, John Corbett, Corbett. Mm-hmm. yeah, I just saw him in married um, to Bo, actually, Bo Derek. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, but not this right. Bo. That that would be problematic. Um, not, but, yeah, not that would this be Bo. perhaps yeah. not not good. No, yeah. but Bo no, Derek yeah. was married to John Derek, who was in Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, whose son Fraser Heston directed. Oh. Needful, Needful things. things. Needful things. And how about that? We an interview go. with him on our podcast. One of the most charming men it's I've true. ever spoken yeah. Very charming. Um, and I'd like to hope, you know, I'd like to think that we were pretty charming too, because I, I don't oh, know yeah. if you know this, but we spent two hours talking about the 11th Children of the Corn movie. I don't know a lot of people <laughs> that could do that. Where else are you going to yeah. get that kind of coverage? Um, only other, only one other podcast I know of, uh, and that would be possibly Halloweenies that could possibly do two hours on this movie. Justin, uh, what is going on? Over at Halloweenies this month, which is uh, a, we're recording this in February, but it will be March when this comes out. So mm. the whole month of March, lay it out. Well, Mike, start spreading the news because we're heading to New York. It's going to be a big Scream month. We're going to be covering the new uh, Scream film, Scream Six. We're going to be doing a, a watch along on our Discord, uh, which is Hall- which is uh, patreoncom backslash. Halloweenies pod. We're going to be doing a watch along for Hallow- for Halloween for Scream Five, which you can currently find, I believe, on Paramount Plus and Showtime. Yep, whatever the hell they're calling it now. Uh, we're also going to be doing a trick or treats episode. We're going to be asking, we're going to be answering questions about the Scream franchise. That'll be a lot of fun. 
And then, Mike, what are we doing at the end of the month on our Patreon? We're we're, we're pretty pumped. Another we're pretty pumped. You know, series. we're very excited because uh, we're going to be uh, heading to fight some Nazis and searching for the Ark. Um, and I'm, of course, referencing uh, Enemy at the Gates. Uh, we're going to be doing a whole dedicated series to uh, the wonderful Enemy at the Gates <laughs> movie. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I'm talking all be... about Joseph Fiennes. <laughs> Joseph Fiennes and uh, is it Jude Law now? Is it Owen Wilson in that movie? No, it's no. That's um, and behind the confused with Jude Law. Yeah. Anyway, but we're, no, we're gonna be talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark because we got we're gonna be talking about all the Indiana Jones movies leading up to Dial of Destiny, which is my second most anticipated movie of 2023 after Children of the Corn. Um, so um, exciting. So yeah, we got we got that. It's a big bu- busy month. Um, Jen, it sounds like you got a busy month too because it's uh, you, you're talking about watching all the corn movies. Where is this gonna lead up to? I know you already said you were doing a feature. Why don't you plug it again? Yes, I am writing for uh, Bloody Disgusting. I'll be oh. writing the 10 most uh, nuttiest things that happened in the corn franchise. I'm also doing a page-to-screen adaptation piece for uh, Children of the Corn Ooh. and kind of tie in all three, the original film and the original story, and this one in. So, yeah. Interesting. And then that'll be on Bloody Disgusting. Is that going to have any of uh, our Pastor Penny insights oh yeah it's gotta have P- okay, pastor penny plays a large role in i hope so movies, you know? i hope so just like he does in welcome to dairy coming to hbo max i hope exactly. so god, oh, god yeah. can only happen you know but i hope we get some really all the side stories from it 1986 <laughs> and then also you know pastor penny coming in randall Make bill skarsgård star them all and i'm happy i'll watch it no pastor penny's in sorry bill you're out um sorry go to barbarian too you know <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, welcome to New Zealand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome back to the the welcome back to the Losers Club. Uh, Randall, tell us what we got coming up after Corn. Um, I'm very excited about an interview that we have done. I can now say it because the schedule will be out by this point. We interviewed The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. that's mm. right. The current Bachelor, Zach Shalcross who just one of the most handsome men I've ever seen. He uh, is a huge Stephen King fan. And we talked for like 45, 50 minutes about King and horror and, and uh, you know, whether he looks for a woman who can watch horror with him in his life. And he also talks about uh, his, what it was like to discuss King with the women in the bachelor mansion. So it's a really fun interview. He's a cool I guy. Wait to hear it's That's really wild, fun. Man. He's so cool. Did you cool. give him a rose? I would have. I mean, like- what if you gave him a bunch of corn? That no, you know what you did? You gave him a rose matter. Oh. <laughs> Stephen King book. I don't ah, think we funny. talked about that one, but we did talk about... Uh, did talk about <laughs> we did talk about rage a little bit. Talking about rose matter for 45 minutes. Most awkward conversation. Oh, man. Um, would you like the italicized chapters the best? <laughs> Um, and then uh, we also, Crichtoncast is coming back. We're doing Sphere, as we mentioned earlier. You can access yeah. that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash thebarons. And uh, um, we're doing another Souls Midnight, this one on tech horror, uh, inspired kind of by the chat GPT phenomenon. AI is uh, is is the hot, the hotness right now. And so we're going to talk about, I don't know, like the creepiest stories we've heard or experienced when it comes to uh, phantom technology which i find very mm-hmm. creepy like emails from I dead too. people and shit mm-hmm. which uh you know that's that, that shit happens man it's all real right justin yeah um okay so uh, <laughs> hey you don't have to you don't have to tell me twice yeah um it. and then we mike what else do we have we're we're we got lacy's story 
we have a Lisi story we're going to be doing a rerun because, you know, we're trying to keep it chronological. And, uh, you know, we did one film review. We already talked two hours about uh, Children of the Corn 2023. And God knows how many hours we're going to be talking about Cell, the 2016 adaptation that came out. Oh, yeah. We got Cell. And Cell. we're talking to Josh Michael, who plays the Raggedy Man in that, who has some connections to this podcast. And I think that mm. that conversation is going to be fantastic. So look forward to that. And then... Um, yeah, and then uh, anything else? I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, I have an article coming out on Bloody Disgusting. Uh, Jen is doing the 10 nuttiest moments in corn. I'm doing the 10 corniest moments in corn. Oh. So look forward to that. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, I heard there might be some cross-pollination. Oh. Yeah, there might be. Pastor Penny might be appearing in both articles. So. That's just a cross-pasteurization, but it's all right. This would be the, the, the Dante's, the volcano to Dante's peak. Dante's peak. Yeah, or the yeah. Armageddon yeah. to the deep Armageddon. Into the yeah, yeah. How many other ones can we name right now? Real quick, up the, the children top of the corn to the children of the corn. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. You know? Um. Well, as you heard, it's always can't <laughs> stop, won't stop with us uh, when we're not laughing about Pastor Penny and dreaming about the the would be scenarios in Welcome to Dairy. What were the two we'll... Capote movies? There was Capote, and then there was the one with in Toby Cold Jones. Blood. In Cold no, Blood. no, no, it, no, 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 no. That's not what it was. No, it's it's uh, a. What was it? I'll find it. Is it, it? Well, the Truman? other one has Toby Jones. True, it might be actually yeah. called Truman. Um, wait, so there, the Capote is the one where Philip Seymour Hoffman actually did win. Infamous, infamous, infamous. Yeah, yeah Toby infamous. Jones, which we talked about in the Mist, very sad because he played uh, also Hitchcock the same year that Anthony Hopkins played Hitchcock too. So oh, always right. being, uh, yeah. Sorry, that's a bummer. But um, anyway, yeah, well, that's it. We're done. Um, get busy reading. Get busy missing episodes if you're not going to be reading. That's what I was trying to say. But uh, until That's next time. That's a pretty time, good slogan. Why do we do that? Get busy reading. Get busy dying. Get busy. So get busy reading or get busy missing episodes. That's what I'm. Uh, but wait, why are you going to tell people that you're encouraging people to miss? But no, episodes? I'm saying if you're not going <laughs> to, if you're not going to read, you're going to miss fucking episodes. <laughs> I, I know. God, we're, we're getting hung up about that as much as we got hung up with this movie. So. We gotta oh end this God. fucking episode. I'm giving this, I'm giving this podcast two stars. <laughs> yeah, right they probably will after this episode. They'll be like, "Listen, Rothman, laughing at his own jokes." Listen, again. If they're listening um, to this episode, period, and now they're listening to it two hours in, yeah, they yeah. know what they're getting. We could say anything <laughs> right now. I mean, I could, I could say, you know, that I'm, I'm drinking uh, Lipton iced tea, peach, and I could also say, Do you think that somebody's gonna say? <laughs> Guys, it, it took six years, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back. They made yeah. too many jokes during the children. Of the they Lord. might. So, too many tangents. They might. Yeah. They might be like, that's it. Ugh. I can't handle it anymore. I went this long and I am out. I well, spent six years of my life. I spent so much. <laughs> that's my wife. God damn you. All right. Well, look, we got to go. It's been fun. We'll be seeing you constant listeners over long days. And, and pleasant night. This is the end of our show. For now. Tune in next week. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>